You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. Uh, once again, we have a great episode lined up for you as we talk about the seasons of television that have just gone by. And uh, before we dive into that topic for this week, let's introduce our guests. And so, starting off, you know her from uh, the previous time we talked about Once Upon a Time. You know her from when we talked about Tolkien. That is my friend Angie. How are you doing, Angie? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Awesome. So uh, anything new and exciting uh, happened since the last time you were on the show? Um, not so much. I learned that uh, apparently my mother cries when she watches horse races. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> For any particular reason, or it just happens? Uh, we're not sure. We think it's just too exciting for her. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully it's not genetic. Or I Does she have <laughs> money riding on these? <laughs> I don't know. I guess if I had some money riding on it, I guess I can see maybe crying, <laughs> depending on the results. Is it just horses or like greyhounds? Would that also elicit tears? Or well, we, we went to the horse races, so I don't know. It could be all races, but <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Some people get really worked up about NASCAR, so you know, maybe that one too. <laughs> all right, but uh, yeah, and you were saying before that uh, that your baby's sick today. Oh yeah, he's been sick, so I've been taking care of him this past week and not doing anything exciting. Oh, oh wow, so it's been going on all week. Yeah, he ended up, I guess he had an ear infection and the first round of antibiotics didn't take care of it. So mm. they had to put him on a broad spectrum and all sorts of goopy drops. And anyway, it's been unpleasant for everybody. Yeah, no, I, I know all about that. Uh, thankfully, I'm out of that stage now. <laughs> Mine are a little bit older, but oh yes, the chronic ear infections. Uh, oh God, yeah, uh, my oldest uh had ear infections all the time and i know yeah i know about how that can linger for a while with the antibiotics so yep i i feel your pain <laughs> but uh yeah it's great to have you back on angie yeah it's good to be here all right and that other voice you know him as the guy that we can't get rid of on the 42 cast <laughs> he's here to tell us his opinion whether we want it or not and that is my nemesis ryan how are you doing ryan <laughs> I'm doing great, thank you for asking. I uh, saw Transformers uh, the last night today, so... Oh. Um, did you have a lot of time on your hands? <laughs> did, did I what? I'm sorry? Did you have a lot of time on your hands? Oh, well, I I, <laughs> I had time, free time on my hands, but I uh, skipped Pirates 5, and I skipped The Mummy, so I just had to finally bite the bullet and, you know, see something that was going to be... That I knew going in was going to be terrible. It didn't okay. disappoint. 
<laughs> yeah, because I knew after how badly you panned the fourth movie, I thought for sure that you would not even go to see the fifth one. <laughs> it was a, it was an thing. Like I said, if I'd seen the Mummy or Pirates, I don't know. I just I I, I needed. I felt like I'd was obligated to see at least one of those three this this summer so okay. you know good my good deed is done my charity uh event you know all right so, so don't hold back let us know what you think about transformers 5 well you know i honestly it was just kind of boring mm. the four four at least was like reached a level of stupidity that it was entertaining in a kind of b movie type way yeah this that's what one, I thought. yeah this one it's like bay decided he was going to be like ultra serious and and bring it all together and i'll give it credit for that there are a lot of callbacks to previous movies and and it seems like he's trying to make the mythology make sense but it it doesn't <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, there's just nothing you can do <laughs> but uh yeah i just nothing about it i i yawned a couple of times during the movie so that's usually not a good sign i mean um i didn't laugh where i, was, I laughed a few times but not where i was supposed to okay and, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, but to his credit, man, Anthony Hopkins did not phone it in. He was like, you know what, I'm doing this, <laughs> and you're going to marvel at my brilliance. You know? I love Anthony Hopkins. Um, I, I like yeah. that he's doing Odin in the Marvel movies, too, which, you know, uh, I really love the fact that Marvel's just like, we're going to get these A-list actors yeah. and just, like, throw them in our movies, and, and for him to be Odin, I think, is perfect, so... It's like, yeah, you want Anthony Hopkins as Odin, you got it. You want Glenn Close to lead some aliens? Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that, that he's that he's still going strong, even in a bad yeah. movie. So, uh, <laughs> As only he can. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, so is that Unicron in the commercials? Well, it's... <laughs> I, I'm not sure which commercial specifically you're talking about, but yeah, if we're gonna, you know, spoiler, yeah. uh, it, it sets up, I guess, Transformers Six for okay. Unicron. I mean, if you want, I can tell you the twist, which actually is a pretty good twist. Oh no, um, don't tell me the twist. I just know because there looks like there is some sort of thing that's like this ginormous thing, like gouging into the earth in some of the trailers. So I was like, are they actually putting Unicron in this movie? So. The, 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 basically, there there is a yeah. It's a set. I, I'm pretty sure it's just a setup for six. Assuming mm. there's going to be six, and there will be a six. Sure. Yeah. But um. But just like every other movie lately, there were quite a few things from the trailers that were nowhere to be seen. Okay. In the movie. Yeah, that's been getting kind of annoying because it's like if, if yeah. it's in the trailer, it ought to be in the movie. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Every now and then, you want to do that to, I guess, encourage sales of the DVD. But yeah, it's just it's too much now. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> Transformers 5 has always been a Netflix rental for me, so I guess I'll see it when I see it, but uh, I, I guess your your review there doesn't uh, doesn't tell me it's going to be any different than what I thought it was going to be. I've always found the Fast and Furious franchise to be a better adaptation of Transformers um, than Transformers movies. Uh, you know, I'd say they both play things. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say they both play pretty loose with uh, physics, you know. <laughs> so that's that's true. <laughs> and and actually, they both probably. Well, I know I take that back. Fast and the Furious probably has more emphasis on the machines than mm. uh, Transformers does. Yeah, I just know as an old school Transformers fan, I have just been disappointed with that franchise. 
Because Absolutely. I feel like there's so much mythology they could pull from the already existing material that he just completely ignores in favor of just whatever he decides to make up that is way less interesting. So, um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Bay, who knew? <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because actually with Turtles, I feel like he actually cares about the turtles in a way he does it with Transformers. Now, whether or not that translates into a good movie is up to whatever anyone can decide, but at least from a mythology standpoint, I recognize a lot of the elements in turtles more than just names, you know, which, which a lot of the characters in Transformers, it's just the name. You see, then, that could be a facet of Bay just being a producer on uh, turtles as opposed to directing it. I thought he directed the Turtles movie. No, uh, he he didn't. He's he's oh. uh, the sh- the showrunner or, or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's his protege. It's not him. I can't oh, think of the guy's name at the moment. Okay. See, I thought that the Turtles were also a Bay direction. So, oh, okay. No, then that's why I probably overall feel better about the Turtles movies than I do about Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now that we've gone down into a rabbit hole with Michael Bay... Yeah, save it for the Michael Bay podcast. Yeah, it's gone. It's when I'm really, really stretching for topic ideas, we'll do a Michael Bay podcast. But anyway, it's good to have you back, Ryan. Good to be here. All right, so um, you all know what's next. It's five questions. So this time, I'm going to do something a little bit different for five questions. Instead of them being random questions, they are all questions related to our topic for this week, which is Once Upon a Time. So... <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say, Angie? Curated five questions. Yes, curated five questions. So um, these are questions that I probably couldn't get away with, maybe one of them in the regular five questions, which is random, because... Not everybody watches Once Upon a Time, but I figured, you know, this would be kind of a fun way to mix things up, because you've both been on several episodes in the past, so you've answered a lot of the five questions already, especially Ryan, so uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it uh, just a little bit different here, so question number one, Evil Queen or Regina? Regina. Do I need to clarify yeah, or say, talk yeah. about that later? Oh, okay. Yeah, just a few seconds. <laughs> um, I just, the Evil Queen is too much of a character caricature for me most of the time. She definitely has the better outfits, although <laughs> Regina's mayor outfits are pretty awesome too. Yeah. Um, but Regina just, I, I feel like that as a character has more depth. I enjoy watching that more. Okay. Right. <laughs> I agree with everything Angie said, but it's for those very reasons that I'm going with the evil queen. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's just more fun to watch on the screen. Um, She chews up scenery like crazy, you know? Uh, it's just... Uh, Regina, don't get. I like Regina. She's probably my favorite character when she's done right. But it's just um, the Evil Queen is just fun, and you can kind of since, since you do have, since they're separate entities, or you know, uh, you can kind of hate the Evil Queen without hating Regina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just after they split into separate entities. Yeah, yeah, yeah for a limited time. Right. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Ryan. I love the arc that Regina has gone through, even though it hasn't always been defined as well as it should be. But uh, despite that, every time they do a flashback to the Evil Queen, I feel like she is way more watchable. Um, I love every second of her scene-chewing villainy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Evil Queen on that one. Okay, so number two, fairy tales or mythology? Um... Ryan, do you know your answer? 
I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you so you're, you're, you're passing, is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with fairy tales. And the reason for that is because I, I really think fairy tales are just, they're a subset of mythology. I think mythology is the study of myths, which include, you know, by default, fairy tales. But uh, it also includes a lot more, which, you know, so that's why I'm not even going to bother getting into that. So, right. yeah, I'm going to get fairy tales because it's just, they're, they're kind of like the beginner's guide. Mm. They're the connect the dots of mythology. Okay. Andrew. Um, I think I'm also going to go fairy tales, but... Uh, I was hoping Ryan would spark something, but I think <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with fairy tales because um, I kind of like the the variations, and I know mythology has variations. Um, American Gods kind of proves that, but um, as far as fairy tales go, you just have this very rich um, oral to written history that results in all of these different variants of the same story and kind of the premise of this show in general and why I got into it, so I'll go with fairy tales. Okay. Yeah, see, interesting that you said that, because for me, mythology is kind of like that, because um, you read several different, uh, you know, like, mythology texts, and you will see, like, a lot of differing versions of various stories in Greek mythology or Norse mythology or whatever. Um, but for me, I like the larger scope that mythology tends to have. I find that more epic feel uh, speaks to me a little more. And so while I like things like Once Upon a Time that take fairy tales and you know sort of uh, expand on them or modernize them, um, for me, uh, just taking them as read, I prefer the myth- mythological uh, stories, um, the fairy tales. It it seems like the difference between amateur and professional. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because, like, as Angie said, I mean, it, it really is just oral traditions, right? So, yes. I mean, it's... Uh, anyone can, can tell a tale and embellish it however they like. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you take things like, you know, Homer, and that's like you know, somebody taking it to a whole different level than somebody just telling their kid a bedtime story, so... Unless you're Tolkien, in which case your bedtime story becomes The Hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. Alright, so, third question. Sword or bow? Bow and arrow, not bow like the staff. Just... Or just the bow, no arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, bow. Because I have some modicum of skill in archery, but I can't swing a sword to save my life. Hmm. Okay, Ryan. Sword. It's not just necessarily a skill level, but it's just because it's more personal. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to kill someone, they, they should bleed on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would like to say that I go with sword because of some uh, aspect of honor or, you know, uh, it, like what Ryan was talking about. But basically it's just because I watched Star Wars in an early age and I always wanted a lightsaber. <laughs> so, you know. When you take that to medieval times, it becomes a sword. So you know, I'm cool with that. Yeah, there, there are, you know, there's a list of magical swords. I've never heard of a magical bow. Uh, yeah. In D and D, you find them. <laughs> What's that? I said in D and D, you find them, but okay. Yeah, well. But is it the bow or is it the arrow? The the bow is typically magical, and the arrows become magic by being shot from the bow. But uh, but yeah, um, 
And I also do have a modicum of skill with swords, because I did take fencing for a while. And I took saber fencing, so more like real sword combat, not the foil, which isn't like how you'd fight with a sword at all. But anyway, alright, <laughs> so, fourth question, Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? Cinderella, I think she was a bit more proactive. Mm. <laughs> so that, I mean, the Sleeping Beauty story has profoundly disturbed me in its original form, okay. so I'm going to go with Cinderella. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll give Maleficent credit for kind of acknowledging that, you know, the the dark overtones of, of Sleeping Beauty. Um, but I'm, I'm going to pick Sleeping Beauty mainly because I'm jealous of her. I wish I could take a nap for that long. <laughs> you know? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, you know, uh, if, but, if, you know if um, I had been asked this question like three or four years, I guess three years ago, I probably would have gone with Cinderella but since then, I've seen Sarah Bolger in uh, Peggy Carter, and that was suddenly like, hello, nurse, you know? <laughs> so, suddenly, I'm a Sarah Bolger fan. <laughs> How did you not We're notice her in Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen season two, but I remember her from season one. I haven't I'll seen Into the great. Badlands. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really care for her much as Aurora, though, so it's kind of cheating, but... Uh, hey, yeah, uh, I'll go with Sleeping Beauty just because. <laughs> the thing about her as Aurora was she was overshadowed by Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Alright, so final question. The Dark One offers you a deal. Take it, or all magic comes with a price. Um, in this scenario, am I one of the Charmings, or am I just like a peon? <laughs> I don't know that it helps either way! <laughs> Well, if I'm a peon, I'm definitely doomed, so no, no deal. <laughs> if I'm a charming, maybe I can work something out. Okay. <laughs> no, you're just a peon. Doomed, no, no deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in this context, there's probably like a one in four chance that through some incestuous means, I'm related to the guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I kind of I gotta follow you know, Angie on this one. It, it's just... Um, again, though, if I'm if the, if the deal is there, I mean, it, what what is it? Is it like you know extra fries? No, but to save the person that I love, then yes, I'm gonna do it. You know, so I don't know. It really would depend on what it's for. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess the question was more of a: Do you trust that you'll get what you want anyway, or that it will be worded in such a way that you know he's good at finagling deals? He he's yeah, but he's also. It's the same, you know, it's always the deal with the devil thing. Yeah. He's, it will never quite come out the way you want, but at the same time, it will come out exactly as he says. Yeah. yeah so if, as, long, as long as you make the right deal. You know? Right. <laughs> and then he's going to gloat about it later. I don't, yeah, no deal. <laughs> yeah. You're, if your negotiating skills are on point, then, you know, you might be, you might be okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with Angie on this one. Uh, I think I wouldn't even risk it. He can go do his own thing because, yeah, I wouldn't take his deal. <laughs> it also depends which dark one. Well, that's true. I was thinking Rumple when I said this, but yeah. you're right. There are other ones. All right. So that's the end of this week's five questions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, before we dive into our topic, let's take a break for this promo from another fine podcast. Hey, guys, it's Nick. And, well, time to talk movies. How about something else? Much better. 
So, we had this idea for a small spin-off, a second podcast, if you will, where we would watch an entire movie series so we could compare them one-to-one. My name is Bond. 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 James James Bond. Bond. So every time Q goes, I miss you. What a pity. It's the legendary 007 wit. I'm your new quartermaster. We will watch it and compare them. From the highs... Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. To the lows... I thought Christmas only comes once a year. Tune in every other week as we compare every Bond girl, every plot, and every henchman on mission briefings starting January 2016. Find Mission Briefing on iTunes or as part of the Myopia Defender Childhood feed. And we're back. So uh, we've got Ryan and Angie back here uh, because they were here to talk about the first half of this season of Once Upon a Time, and I wanted to get the same people together to talk about the second half of the sixth season of Once Upon a Time. Uh, you know, we're we're going to talk about how wrong we were about some of the predictions that we made and uh, what we thought about uh, where they took the storyline. I'm just going to come out and say right at the beginning that I feel like they've done what they've always done for me to different degrees, which is they really sold me on the storyline and the journey. But then when I got to the end, I was disappointed with the finale, which I feel like has been in the case with a lot of seasons of Once Upon a Time recently. So just for a sort of a general thoughts, um, Ryan, what did you think of this season overall? Well, okay, overall, I actually feel like it was consistently good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you mean. It had a few downs that were, eh. But all in all, this season, I was more engaged and more, I was rushing more to my DVR than, than I have in previous seasons to see what's happened. It used to be, uh, like previous seasons, I, I might get like two or three episodes piled up and I would burn through them. But this, week, this season, I think I, I watched them as they aired, you know, within a day or two. Except for one instance when I got really backlogged, but I tried to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to, yeah. I, I feel like that they were very much aware of a lot of the flaws in the series and tried to, if not necessarily address them, then to at least um, acknowledge them in a way uh, and what they're setting up for the future. Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, I don't know. I just feel like uh, overall, it, it was a good season with uh, the possibility of uh, better stuff to come. Well, yeah, I will say this. It's clear that they have a plan going forward, and I like the idea, or whatever, what I can gleam of that idea, I, I like. Um, but, and I do feel overall it's better than last season, where the finale, I felt, was just almost unwatchably bad. But we'll get into the, the details in a little bit. But uh, Angie, what did you think overall? I think I might have mentioned this last time, but I tend to watch this show... Uh, as if each episode is its own separate fairy tale mm. that may or may not have any continuity with previous episodes. Mm. It just happens to have the same characters, and that's worked out pretty well for me. Um, but I had some, I had some problems with this finale. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I haven't decided if I'm done with the show at this point or not. Um, but I, I very well could be. So 
Wow. I was really disappointed. I, I, I that's that's where I was last season actually with the Mr. Hyde stuff and just the you know oh if we all wish hard enough and flick coins into the pond then you know we can make magic happen <laughs> oh, <you know>? God. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going clap if you believe in fairies you know i mean yeah. it's like that no, level that's <laughs> i will agree overall the quality was better than the four season um absolutely but as as a, a an ending tale i i don't know i don't know if i can keep going okay <laughs> all right so let's first talk about because they they kind of divided the second half of the season into the ending of the evil queen storyline and then the black fairy storyline really takes off after that so evil queen what did you think about how that resolved itself angie um that actually i was okay with uh it it gave the evil queen the opportunity to kind of live up to the good potential that she then had Mm -hmm. um so with regina we've got you know five seasons of her well four seasons four ish seasons of her you know having this redemptive arc um and we don't really have that with the evil queen but knowing that she and regina had equal light and dark in their hearts going forward i thought it was a nice call out that she had an opportunity to be a hero and took it Mm -hmm. um i didn't think it made a lot of sense but Right. I, it was a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing with that was I loved the flashback and I loved the whole idea that she realized that what she needed to do is love herself. That that's mm. been her entire problem living her life is this self-loathing is what has created this horrible aspect to her. And But in, in my perfect world, they wouldn't have done the whole bring Robin out of the story world realm. They would have actually merged together at the end rather than, oh, we've just given ourselves equal amounts of light and dark. It was thematically pretty close to what I was thinking, but I, I think like just allowing them to come together totally would have made more sense that that act of loving herself merge them back together but because you know the problem is exactly what eventually we find out is going back to that dream world is a ridiculous (laughs) solution to oh we're going to give her a happy ending now um but wait in that world you've killed you know snow and charming they think you've killed emma you know henry hates you you know that's not really a good place to sort of retire and settle down so yeah that was that was sort of my thinking about it but how about you ryan well, okay, this is where it's kind of interesting because I have to give them credit. Uh, they they made you know more or less smart choices. Uh, I, we've we've mentioned before that it really felt like a whole you know transporter accident type thing right. for creation. <laughs> you, we're gonna separate the the good from the bad, and it we we commented before that 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 just doesn't make any sense. And then they kind of revealed no, it's just more kind of a, a not even a reboot, but just more of a of a of a wiping clean, so to speak. And then. Then they do what they always do, which is, and they do this with pretty much every villain they've ever come across. They felt the need to redeem her, and I'm kind of like, you've already redeemed Regina once. We don't have to redeem her a second time. The reason we, the reason they we created this evil queen was that so we could, without guilt, without uh, this need to explore deeper into the character, mm-hmm. we can just have a, a character that's evil for evil's sake. And so I feel while I think it would have been more fun to keep her evil. I also think that creatively they made the right choice and uh, kind of coming to this conclusion with her where, because it, it also does reflect well on Regina it, by discovering herself in this way, you know, she's able to save the evil queen and vice versa. 
you know, I mean, yeah, it could have been more fun. It would have been more fun to keep her evil, but it was probably a a better written path that they took. I will say one of the things that I really enjoyed that they were doing about that time was all the old faces they were pulling into the show. Mm -hmm. I was really happy to see August because they had them both in the dream world and in Storybrooke. And I even liked that they uh, pulled out Prince George, who we had no clue what happened to him after the second season. You know, he was trying to, uh, to, to, to get the town to turn against Charming last time we saw him, and apparently he was captured at some point after that. But, uh, you know, I, I liked all of that stuff. I, I like the callbacks. I like that they're bringing, you know, if this was the last season. Seeing all the old characters show up again, I think, was a really nice way of tying things up. And, uh, you know, I mean, the one that I think we all agree that sh- that we'd love to see but it's never going to happen is uh, Mad Hatter. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say never, but weirder things have happened with television. But I kind of wish they just recast. Yeah, and They've I mean, that's, that's always a possibility. And certainly in a show with magic, you can even make it part of the story that he doesn't look the same as he used to yeah yeah i don't know with the regina thing i just i i I liked it but i didn't i felt like they they kind of missed the mark just slightly but it wasn't that big of a deal now the hook thing though with him with the tie-in for what that coin was and how it related to the charming family because i thought that that storyline had been already played out in the first half of the season and i was like that was like the dumbest thing just like his obsession was what the evil queen you know wanted him to just get obsessed with his father and uh you know thought that that would tear them apart but then to find out oh no the reason it's gonna tear them apart is because hook's the one who killed his father mm-hmm. which there are problems with the scenario like isn't hook supposed to be stuck in neverland at that point you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure what he was doing in the Enchanted Forest, you know, 20-odd years before the curse. Time flows weird. You know, you're dealing with three different universes there. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, Pan would send him on errands, so you could hand-wave it that he was on an errand for Pan. I guess. I mean, I, he never quite said, I think, that Pan sent him on errands. It, it sounded like, from how he described it, that he waited in Neverland for as long as it took until he could figure out how to kill the Dark One. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's what it has to be. But what did you guys think about that, that uh, the whole hook killed Charming's father thing? It was contrived. I, I really, it was like some murder on the Orient Express, yes, that they were like, oh, these people killed your father. Oh, no, now this person maybe killed your father. Oh, really, it was hook. But it was hook so that he has something else to beat himself up about and and not be happy. I don't know. I just, I, it. I kind of rolled my eyes and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) I like that it actually gave a reason for what had been going on earlier in the season, that it was an actual thing that could drive a wedge into a family. But, yeah, I feel like the drama after the fact, like when Emma confronts him and then he's going to run off on the Nautilus and then decides he's not going to run off on the Nautilus, but, you know, then Gideon sends him away on the Nautilus while he just happened to be on it. It's just like, it went... It went kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a soap opera. You yeah. know? And and that's what it was. I, I thought it was actually brilliant in a way, because like you said, it, this is the the one 
not the one, but this is an act that could actually do real damage to this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, wow, how are they going to deal with it? What's, what's the outcome of this going to be? Uh, I mean, they, 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 he killed, if you think about it, Emma's grandfather. You know, right. So that could be serious. But then, on the other hand, we're also talking about a, a group that's accepted Regina, <laughs> who's got so much blood on her hands that uh, <laughs> it's not even funny. So, you know, what's, what's one, one grandfather? In the grand scheme of it, so I'm not surprised that Charming basically, oh yeah, you, we're we're good, <laughs> you know, you're my you're my son, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, I feel like it was actually, actually, I, in that sense, it's kind of what Once Upon a Time always does. It sets something up that could be so epic, and then just kind of hand waves it away. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my frustration because I figured Emma would probably be okay with it because she never knew her grandfather. And she knows that he was a different person, you know, before. But yeah. I felt, like, charming, because that was a real traumatic event in his child. And that's a hard thing to let go. I mean, that's more personal, necessarily, than the things that Regina was doing, killing random village. I mean, it, it's awful. You know, it's horrible. Yeah. But there's... But there's pe- an yeah, not necessarily a face. Right, yeah. Not necessarily people he was connected to that, that got murdered. But, yeah, the... Yeah, I, when it's your dad. You know, yeah. and 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 all the years that he spent thinking that his dad had just been a drunk that killed himself and didn't love him, all all because of this man who just callously killed him. You know, uh, even when he didn't need to, which was even the worst part is, you know, yeah. like he was like, "Take the loot, just let me go." You know, and it's like, "No, you've seen too much." You know, dead. You know that was that was horrible. But, uh, yeah, I felt like Charming just being like, oh, no, even though I was willing to kill King George over this, if it's you, it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think he did a good job of reminding us that Hook is... is we, we tend to think of Hook as just this sexy scoundrel or whatever. Mm-hmm. You come a Han Solo or something. And he's not. I mean, he really was a bad guy. Yeah. And he was in a bad, bad, dark place. And so I think he did a good job of uh, reinforcing that. And... Um, I, I just feel like it. It also could have been an opportunity to explore the whole new world, new start. You know, uh, idea that is really what Storybrooke is all about. It could have been a, a way of saying, "Hey, this is a second chance for all of us," and just like we did for Regina, we're doing for you. But I really kind of feel like you could get away. Actually, you can. You can literally get away with murder with the Charmings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Baby Neil's gonna be, you know, Baby Neil's gonna wreck the car. Neil, did you wreck the car? Yeah, my bad. Okay, do you want ice cream? You know, right. this is a learning lesson for you. <laughs> I mean, there are no consequences with this family. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm beginning to suspect that that all of these characters actually have a very feudal mentality, mm. where if if you are noble or in a noble family, that that makes you more valuable than everybody else like, like there's no other way to explain all of this murder that gets forgiven <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean certainly from the charming's point of view they there are other people in the town who seem less forgiving um that are only tolerating say regina's presence because the charmings have sort of absolved her i mean like grumpy has never been okay with it yeah you know this, Kill stealthy, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm stealthy. I, I really wish. Too. I really wish that some of those side characters, 
got more play like they did in the first season. Um, Because it seemed like in the first season there was a better balance of the characters. And it's definitely become like, yeah, they trot out Grumpy every season a few times. But he doesn't seem to have the weight to him that he did in the first season. And I miss that. And I especially wish that they had somehow gotten Amy Acker for a follow-up episode to the one with her and Grumpy. Because I really wanted to know once they got their memories back you know, what would happen there. But, oh well. I suppose there's still a chance, but with Amy Acker doing another show now, it's probably less likely than it ever was. But, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, with the Hook thing, then we finally tie into the Jasmine and Aladdin storyline, which, to me, felt like they were just like, oh, crap, we set this thing up in the first half. We just need to get, like, rid of it really quickly. Because that that episode, I felt kind of insulted by. <laughs> like, where Agrabah was, what they did with Jafar, the very weak tie-in to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, the resolution, I mean, the whole thing. The Ariel tie-in that was completely unnecessary other than to show Ariel, which I know I was touting the fact that they brought back a lot of the old faces and I was happy with it. Ariel's one I never need to see again because I've hated what they've <laughs> done with Ariel in that show and i'm like you screwed up from the beginning with her you're not gonna fix it just (laughs) ariel's can can go away it's it's fine um but (laughs) what did what did you think ryan (laughs) (laughs) i i feel like they had a good idea but it was way more material than they could fit as kind of a a side story and you know one episode Mm -hmm. really it just like you like you said they they have unless you're charming you you do not get enough screen time to to justify how awesome of a character you are uh, they they need a spinoff of just you know the other princes and princesses of of the enchanted forest uh, just where they can follow around like i would love to see you know ariel written better and jasmine and then Aladdin and uh, Merida and Mulan and all them, even uh, Ruby, you know, maybe team up and do their, go on their own adventures and, and so forth. <laughs> it's just, so, again, I mean, there's just so much good material they could do with it. And they're lucky if they get get to the point where I'm like, oh, yes, th- th- this is how it starts. The episode begins. I'm like, oh, it's such and such and such. Awesome. This is going to be great. Then, you know, half an hour later, I'm like, yeah, well, that was pointless. Right. <laughs> <You know>? So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I like I your idea, Ryan. Right. <laughs> Ryan, for Ruby team up. Yeah. Every episode, yeah. Ruby teams up with another female character from. Yeah. <laughs> Her and Dorothy just going around. <laughs> <Right>. you <know? laughs> so, what, what did but, you yeah. think of the Aladdin resolution, Angie? Um. So I have to admit, I had been watching the the show week to week up until that episode, um, and then I didn't finish the season until you proposed that we podcast this. Okay. <laughs> so I stopped watching it. That episode was so bad. I cringed like for days. I I don't know. I everything about it was bad. I don't. I, I think the last time I said I was excited for the the conclusion to Agrabah, and now I wish that they just left it somewhere. I. Uh, Nothing made sense. It all got shoehorned in together. I don't know why Ariel was there to begin with, even though I actually don't have a problem with Ariel as she's portrayed in, in Once. Um, it, nothing about that episode um, worked for me. So Well, it only made sense because in the 
original Ariel episode, that was the thing. Prince Eric said he was going on a mission to, like, diplomatic mission to Agrabah at the end of the episode. And that was the thing that he asked her to go with her, with him to do. And because of all the events of that episode, she missed her chance to, to go with him. And so it made some sense that she would have tried to follow, even though, you know, going through the desert and whatnot, you know. A little strange. More than any other episode this season, this one felt more like a we need to wrap up some loose ends because we might not get picked up again episode. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it, like like you said, they, they shoehorned way too much into one episode because I was really looking forward to Jafar getting released as a genie. And it's like he gets released as a genie, and he's just like, oh, I can just shrug this off. You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> You know, because that, <laughs> that creature in the well in Once Upon a Time in uh, Wonderland was supposed to be, like, something even more powerful than a genie. And she's the one that bound him. So I didn't understand how he could just, you know, shrug it off like that. I thought it was actually going to be kind of interesting to see him as a genie trying to corrupt whoever his master was or something along those lines. So I, I was really disappointed by that. And then the fact that Jafar, who remember, if we remember, broke the like the bounds of magic in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and so therefore was way more powerful than anyone, including Rumpelstiltskin, that we've ever had in any of these shows, they killed him by like throwing some powder on him? What? <laughs> 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 you know, so I, I was I was so annoyed and so angry. It, I, annoyed it's isn't his it. version of squidding. Yeah, no, I guess, I guess, but yeah, and, and I don't usually pay attention to who's writing a particular episode, but I just felt like the dialogue was beyond bad for that episode, <laughs> and I, I, you know, the the dialogue is often not the best on this show, but it was noticeably terrible to me on that one. Yeah. No, I agree. I I did like the fact, because that's the one where we find out where Gideon made the disguise of uh, Aesop from Aesop's Fables, oh, and had the yeah. restaurant Aesop's Tables, <laughs> which I actually really liked. <laughs> I love the pun. And then that Snow got drunk and was, like, fighting, like, the Viking, like, challenging the Vikings to, like, contests. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. That's what, yeah, girls' night out. I mean, that's that's what the show needs more of. It doesn't always need every episode doesn't have to be, you know, the cataclysmic battle between good and evil is mm -hmm. next week. I, I really want them to get back to more of just a you know a day in the life of stuff. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I agree with you, and and yeah, that was that part was really fun. But yeah, there was just so much. I mean, even the fact that the wish took them to the Enchanted Forest, but with the ring in uh, Jasmine's pocket. It's like if Agrabah was in the ring. Why wouldn't either they get transported inside the ring or the ring just end up in her pocket in Storybrooke? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it didn't make sense when she said, take me to Agrabah, that she shows up in the Enchanted Forest, but with the ring in her pocket. Maybe because she had to get there to get to Agrabah, you know, uh, maybe. To, to discover the ring. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm it was, not willing yeah. to wave it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But. Yeah, so, yeah, we we left that behind, and then the Black Fairy arc really starts from that point. I had a couple of twists. Did either of you see that she had Gideon's heart coming? Um, I didn't, and I hate myself for that, actually, because... <laughs> I don't think I did either. Yeah. yeah. I was I, surprised, but... 
<laughs> I don't think I saw it coming, no. Yeah. And yeah, I'm of two minds about it because again, it's it feels kind of like a cop out almost. Yes. Um, oh, he, yeah, yeah, he's really good. You know, it's kind of it's a quick redemption type story. But uh, I, honestly, at this point in time, it should always be check for their heart. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I felt like there was a lot more dramatic material they could have mined with. Gideon just doing this because he thought that it was the right thing to do. I mean, certainly it made a lot more sense then when he was like, I've got to kill the savior and everything when it was, <laughs> oh, okay, well, the Black Fairy's controlling him. So, because that his whole plan never made sense to me because it's like, how do you even know? I mean, no one even ever questioned him. Like, how do you know that by killing her, you get her power? Is, is this like some sort of like a, a Highlander thing going on that no one ever told us? Well, there, there can only be one. There can be only one. You know? right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I questioned that part from the beginning, but yeah, I, I was surprised uh, to find out that she had taken it heart. I, I liked at least that it made sense after that. <laughs> the Black Fairy herself. Well, no. Before I before I move on, what about Gideon as a character? I mean, what did you think about him? I liked Gideon. I thought he was adorable. (laughs) (laughs) See, I thought he was kind of vanilla. I mean, I I could walk past that guy on the street and I would never recognize him. Um, I I didn't really like the casting. I I didn't. I hate the idea of quickly aging a character to begin with. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's such a cop out, but. I don't know. It just seems like all the other characters, even the secondary characters in the show, are memorable in a certain way. It could be one little thing. It could be how badly they're written. Mm-hmm. It could be you know how, how much potential they have. But Gideon was just forgettable to me. No, he looked like a medieval monk. That was his <laughs> distinguishing feature. <laughs> I, I like how it kind of prompted Rumple to do things. But yeah, Gideon himself, I didn't find all that interesting. But like Rumpel being like, "I'm gonna make sure that he doesn't have to do anything awful by doing it for him," and it seemed yeah. like a very Rumpel thing to do. And it actually got Bell on board, which I thought was like at least finally like uh, something that I could understand where she might start to see his point of view on things. Where it was like, "Oh, that's really great that you're doing this for our son." <laughs> There's no hope for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know i kind of like some of where that was going um but of course it all turns out to be moot when you find out that gideon isn't the one actually doing it anyway uh, he's just a puppet yeah i think i liked curse gideon because i think the actor seems to have some kind of comedic chops <laughs> um and oh woken gideon is kind of doom and gloomy and no fun so yeah I don't know. I, pre- I preferred him being kind of happy. Yeah, no, I can see that. But uh, yeah, then we get to the Black Fairy. So what are your thoughts on the Black Fairy just as a character? Okay, I will watch Jamie Murray in anything. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So immediately it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, I've heard you wax eloquently about her before, so I knew that you would have some feelings on this. Uh, if you ever, yeah, and this is... To the audience as well. Go watch Warehouse 13 if you've never seen that before. But I feel like she's uh, the character was interesting enough that I could believe her to be the beginning of you know Rumple and this whole repetition of just making stupid choices in, the, in that family. And I, I I will say her origin story 
was probably my favorite episode of the season. It, it felt like one that actually made, um, and, and I say that not being the biggest fan of the Blue Fairy, mm-hmm. but it felt like, uh, although that actually that was a uh, Tiger Lily, but anyways, uh, it it made sense and it was believable and it made me care for the character in a way that I didn't think I was going to. Although again, that may have just been Jamie Murray. So, <laughs> oh my God, she was H.G. Wells. Oh yes. <laughs> Now do you understand? That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just made that connection. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, yeah. apparently, I need to see Warehouse Thirteen, but you do. It's a good show. You, you like, hey. did you ever see Eureka? No, I no, I haven't seen Eureka either. You see that too. Uh, <laughs> one of these days, when I have time. Right now, I'm watching Orphan Black because that's what Angie has told me I need to watch. You do need to watch that too, yes. But you also need to watch Dark Matter. Didn't we talk about that? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I think next on the list might be Fringe. Uh, or maybe Continuum. Uh, I, there's so many shows that I need to watch that <laughs> they all need to go on a list. So, <laughs> yeah. so. Would you the podcast shows Nathan needs to watch? You know? <laughs> Actually, that would be okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Because, I mean, yeah. that would be a fun thing just, you know, for anyone listening. It's like, here's a show that you might not know about. And this is why I think it's one you need to watch. And it'd be a good way to cover shows that you don't watch. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Now edit all that out. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That'll be a surprise later. <laughs> I still want to do another podcast where I bring people on. We just ask each other questions. But Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I thought that was fun. But anyway, um, so Angie, what did you think of the uh, Black Fairy? Um, That's so cool that she's H2O. <laughs> Uh, I actually really liked the Black Fairy as a character. Uh-huh. You know, I thought she played her really well. I liked the uh, the motivations that she ended up having. Again, not a lot of sense making a lot of the time, but um, overall, I found her a compelling character. Okay, so 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 I I have kind of mixed feelings about the Black Fairy. So in the beginning, I was completely sold. I think that she's got the gravitas that you need to play on the Rumple. It's an evil queen level. Um, you know, she has got that sort uh-huh. of scene chewing thing down. And when she first shows up and Rumpel confronts her and she just teleports the dagger into her hand, I was like, holy crap, this is something, you know, we, <laughs> this is a scary character right here because that's the one thing no one's ever been able to do. They've always had to search it out, locate it, physically grab it. No one's ever been able to just like take it from him. Um, so I, I was, I was sold that on the power level standpoint too, this was going to be like a real threat. My problem came actually with the origin episode, which Ryan was saying was, was his favorite. Actually, I was completely disappointed by that because I think having her start out as a human wrecked the whole idea of she's the origin of all evil, which is what Rumpel originally said, because we know now that she's only 250 odd years old, which does not predate the dark one. Um, because the yeah. Dark One started a thousand years ago with Merlin. Okay, so the timing doesn't work. Right. <laughs> but I think that weakened her character significantly because I wanted something more like this is a truly arch villain out for, you know, some sort of malevolent purpose. She could love her own child, that's fine, but I wanted more than for her just to. Now, I will say this, 
the fact that the curse was created as a way for her to just create her own pocket little world where she could live with her son for all eternity kind of made a sense to it um, that I, that I kind of liked that there was at least some reason for the curse to exist as it, you know, existed. Cause I always wondered about that with Regina and the curse and why Storybrooke, you know, other than that's a land without magic, you know, like why this particular scenario, it, it made more sense when it was the black fairy casting it, I think. Oh, I was just thinking, yeah, the, the curse always seemed a little odd. Like, no wonder all the characters decided to stay afterwards. There was, you know, like, indoor plumbing and stuff. Right. So, <laughs> like, the curse, yeah, living the same day over and over and having time stop sucked. But, like, the location, the locale wasn't that torturous. I, I kind of always suspected that Regina secretly didn't actually want to succeed in her vendetta. Because the curse was just wasn't that punishing. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right, as revenge against Snow, it's pretty weak. The <laughs> fact that Snow bumps into her every day and she can just sort of lord it over her that Snow's a pathetic person is like all that she... <laughs> all that she got out of it, yeah. you know? <laughs> and even as they showed, Regina got sick of it after a while. You know, it wasn't enough. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I never thought that that was... that that made a whole lot of, of sense. And um, I feel like the Black Fairy's defeat was way too easy. Uh, also, because again, they sold us on the fact that she, on a power level standpoint that she is, you know, stronger than Rumpel and Rumpel defeats her so easily that it's just like, it's, it's a few seconds of a scene, which I was disappointing. Yeah. Well, again, that's, that's always been the case with the show. It's, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I. Yeah, I, I felt I felt like we set up something really big, and that everything they did in the last few episodes like weakened it <laughs> and made it not as interesting as it could have been. Well, I do wonder if they had um, a different ending if the show had been canceled. Maybe they filmed two. I, I wonder where the other one was. You know what? I feel like this was the ending they planned back in season one. I think that was part of my huge problem with it. I felt like they had this this plan of like this kind of um, completing the circle callback finale. And then they just like never changed it, even though the show has gone through a lot of changes since that initial season. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, it just it didn't work for me, but I felt like it was because they literally just had it in their back pocket for six years and never rewrote it. Yeah. I, I felt like the pixie flower was a cop-out. Yeah. You know, where uh, the whole thing about they woke up earlier. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it just... Uh, it, it, it was the bad kind of callback kind of stuff. Uh, like I say, I, I appreciate when they bring in characters that make sense. August made sense when they brought him back. <laughs> King George was a great person to direct Charming's hatred against. Even when we see Geppetto in the background or when we get the magic mirror back in the flashbacks. All that stuff I love. Because I love those characters and I love seeing them again. But... You know, when you start doing the whole curse stuff again, and then are like, oh, but this other thing happened that we've never told you about, and oh, here's the special flower that... We've always known about. Right, we've yeah. always <laughs> known about. <laughs> Just didn't well, and it used. made the Charmings even worse parents. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, I felt like the, the last couple of episodes just cemented the fact that Snow and Charming are horrible, neglectful parents. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they forgave a murderer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the man who killed her own grandfather, you know? <laughs> Although, 
I gotta say, I, I did like charming. Like, I don't like this venue. Eh, let's try another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved the wedding stuff, and, and I, I I liked that whole thing where he just couldn't settle on somewhere because of all his anxiety about everything and, and i i thought that was a lot of fun i think that's what we were talking about before some of the character stuff is is some of what makes this show really fun seeing them interact with each other and the stuff that happens why can't the conflict one season just be you know about who's gonna run the pta i think that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So, so Zelina gets a little bit of development, and we actually bring in some more of the Oz stuff with the Tin Man. Yeah. What did you guys think of that uh, episode with uh, Zelina trying to prove that she's better than Regina? Um, I actually did not hate her this season, and the Tin Man episode, I, I felt for him yeah. quite a bit. Although, it lines up with my theory that if you're just a peon, nobody cares about you in <laughs> Once Upon a Time land. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually thought her development this season was was good. She had some. Um, she was funny. Like I loved Rebecca Mater and Lost, and and she had a bit part in Fringe, like two episode guest arc, and I loved her there. So I always felt kind of guilty for just hating Zelina so much. Um, but yeah, I think they gave her um, some more interesting stuff to do this season, and I, I liked it. Mm. Um, I definitely loved her hitting the Black Fairy with her car. That was awesome. Yes. Oh, God, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and also just her face when the, when the two Reginas met up again. Right. That was... <laughs> That was pretty good. No, and, I, and I'm agreeing. I agree with you completely on this one because uh, I I have not had much time for Zelina, but I felt like her her desire to prove herself and having to give up her magic to undo the screw up that she made made for a good arc for her character. And uh, I like that in the flashback, we at least got the symmetry, because they'd already introduced the Scarecrow before. So we at least got the Tin Man and a version of the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> so um, I appreciated that, that, you know, with this quote-unquote final season, that they at least tied that up, because it doesn't look likely that they're going to do anything more Oz-related uh, in the next season. So, yeah, I, I actually appreciated that. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, and I think I've defended Zelina before on, on these podcasts. I, here's the thing. There's the Wicked Witch, and when she's the Wicked Witch, she's fun. Mm. But then they brought back the Evil Queen. So once the Evil Queen took over that, oh, we need a villain who's just a villain, they had to you know start redeeming Zelina, because that's what they freaking do. Mm. And then she kind of <laughs> got... Oh look, nobody likes me. When yeah, and, and in fairness, that that there is something to be said for that. I mean, they forgave they'll give Regina a thousand chances, but Zelina, no, I can't trust her. <laughs> so she's got kind of a point there that there's a bit of a double standard. But um, I feel like I, I will say this though: Zelina is a far more chaotic character than Regina. Yeah, uh, more temperamental and less easy to predict. So I can at least understand a little bit why people would have a harder time with her. It's funny because when the character is introduced, I mean, it seems like she had this grand plan which she'd spent years mm -hmm. implementing to travel through time, right? Mm -hmm. But then ever since then, it's, she's just so emotional when she hops from... She doesn't think before she acts. Right. Ever since then, she just you know reacts. And so that does kind of make her... I don't know, more, like you said, chaotic. You can't quite predict her. Mm -hmm. But her making the decision that she made, you know, it 
giving up what made her special mm-hmm. to to do the right thing. I got to give it up for that. I don't. I, Rumpel never would have done that. Uh, short of maybe for Henry, Regina would never do that. So yeah, goes. Lena. Well, and I love the fact that it still it didn't make her completely obsolete because like Angie said, she hit the black fairy with her car, <laughs> which was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she gets points for learning to drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And wasn't it Cruella's car? I can't remember. Or was it Regina's car? I think it was Regina. Regina got her like a station, like a green station wagon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the green. It was. It was the van or something like that, wasn't it? I thought it was like an old school station wagon, but maybe I'm wrong. Right. It was green. I remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought they got Isaac the station wagon. Oh no, you're right. They did get him a, like the beat up uh, uh, car. Oh, okay. He wanted. All right. So, so we actually need to talk about something with Isaac. Well, or at least the idea of Isaac. Because suddenly new pages are showing up again. And Merlin's dead. Isaac's locked up. We know we know where Henry is. And Henry's just like, you know, rolling his eyes up in his head and writing stuff. Who's creating the new pages? You know, it seems like there's more going on here than they've ever said. Which is fine if they have an actual plan. Because the implication before, like when the alternate page 23 showed up, was that Merlin somehow sent it to Regina or possibly Isaac but now new pages are turning up and new things you know just appear with no explanation or or, or no agency that we know acting on that did any of you guys like have like weird feelings about that this is kind of how I explained it away we know there are different books you know right Mm -hmm. Uh, there are different books that tell different stories and so there's no reason not to assume that there aren't different drafts for each book or you know different versions of each book as well uh, it could be the same book just now with annotations you know or upgraded <laughs> with, <laughs> with deleted <laughs> scenes you know? in technicolor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i mean the, the copy of a of a book that you buy now that's you know 100 years old is no doubt has some you can buy go buy um dickens Great expectations with three different endings. Yeah. We come back with uh, Henry, and he's got Once Upon a Time the paperback. On his Kindle. On his Kindle. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, I was also disappointed because they set up this whole idea that oh, Henry is going to have these you know these flashes more and more often, and he's gonna you know become like uncontrollable and just like uh, you know just dry- writing until he can't you know physically take it anymore. And then it's like we see Henry do it like one more time, and then it's like then nothing else ever comes from that. And I'm like, why set up something if you're not gonna play it out? I don't know that we should take Isaac at face value. Oh, no, true. She didn't give him those Hamilton tickets, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, he, he's nothing if not dramatic. Yeah, that's true. But I, I was kind of disappointed that that, with Henry, all that it was was he was writing out something that turned out to be like the right, like just a spell in fairy language. I, I thought it was going to have more significance than that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the Yankee and King Arthur's court to pay off. So, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. this, this is what they do. <laughs> well, you know, and I felt like, for the most part, they haven't really paid off the the untold stories characters at all. Captain yeah. Nemo has been, like, the one that they've really brought into it this season. The rest of them are still the Disney fairy tale type characters. And, I mean, they teased us with Aesop, but then it turned out not even to really be him. 
Yeah. So, oh, I, I yeah, I would love for the Connecticut Yankee uh, thing to pay off more, or any of those other very interesting characters. Like you know, they've teased Don Quixote, they teased the Three Musketeers, yeah. uh, Paul Bunyan. You know, all of those would have been very interesting to see how they would interact with the more classical Grimm's fairy tale type characters. But we haven't seen that, so uh, yeah. you know, I, I found that disappointing. That's because. Well, that's because we've got to give, you know, 48 out of the 49 minutes to the Charming. <laughs> 48? You're lucky to get 48 anymore. It's like 42 without commentary. Yeah. <laughs> that includes credits. Right. <laughs> oh. What do you guys think of Tiger Lily? That's a new character that's been introduced this season. Um, We didn't see too much of her, but I kind of liked what I saw. I felt a little weird that she was a fairy, but I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, in the in the broad scheme of things. I mean, they definitely don't want to do the Peter Pan-esque Native American sort of thing, and I totally get that because it is kind of... Uh, it's not the best depiction of Native Americans, but... <laughs> you know. And I still don't quite get exactly what happened. I mean, so if you're a fairy and your wings are taken away, are you a human or are you just a fairy without wing? I mean, what does that mean? You know, I mean, we've seen it with Tink, too. <laughs> we we haven't really, you know, gotten an explanation for that, but... Oh, well. Yeah, I, I felt that she was kind of vanilla. There, there hasn't been a whole lot yet. Although it looks like that she might be one of the characters that comes back for season seven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, for the little we saw of her, she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what an expanded role might do. Well, considering all the characters we are losing, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't mind the idea. Uh, I think there is potential mm-hmm. there. Uh, we know she's been in the enchanted forest and uh, Neverland. Who knows what other adventure she's been on. So, and I liked the actress. I mean, I felt she did all right. So I want to see where they take it, I guess. Um, there, Sure, there are other characters I'd rather they bring back and explore more, but I do think that there's a chance to be to do to have a lot of originality mm. here in a way that they haven't been able to uh, before. That's true. And we'll definitely give some time to thoughts on Season 7 in a little bit. But um, all right, so, so here's the other, what I'd consider the other huge twist of the season, the huge revelation anyway. So Rumpelstiltskin was originally supposed to be the savior. Yeah. So this comes up in the episode that's you, that's your favorite, Ryan. So what did you think mm-hmm. about that? I think that was like an ooh moment. <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I don't know if it really would have played. It, it begs the question. Did uh, the moment that he was no longer the savior, is that when he became a coward or would he have been always have been a coward, even as the savior? Would he would perhaps he just found a way to conquer his fear? I don't know. I mean, it, it makes you wonder. There are a lot of what ifs there, but I, I think it, um, it it just goes again though. Just kind of just shows how this family just comes back on itself so many times. It's, it's not even funny. We've got multiple saviors and uh, villains and quasi-dark ones <laughs> in, in the families. And a writer, an author is in there. It's just, wow. <laughs> but It's um, only going to expand from I, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it, it was, this. like I said, this season's had a few twists that I either didn't see coming 
or just uh, maybe I saw them coming, but I just didn't think they'd actually do it. Yeah. And I didn't see I didn't see Rumpel being the savior. Just never even is never consideration I made, but it worked. You know, Ryan, that ever since Disney acquired Marvel, that I've wanted them to tie Stan Lee into this in some way. So maybe Stan Lee can be related to the Charmings in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, if, if they want to do a Stan Lee one, it's got to be, you want to know who's writing those other pages, right. there you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I always said he should be the author before they revealed who it was. <laughs> Since they can't have Walt Disney, that's the next best thing. So, <laughs> oh, so Angie, what did you think of that? Um, you know, I... No, I'm going to be nice. I'll give the show credit for it. I think it was a really nice demonstration of the price of magic. Mm. Um, that there's always a price. And so, you know, she does all this stuff and she, you know, has this mirror with Rumple where she's, you know, she gets this power, you know, with ostensibly good intentions to try to help her son and then uses the shears to, you know, sever his fate. Well, that has consequences. And what those consequences actually are, or, you know, whether he fundamentally changed as a person because of that or whether she was kind of guiding things or whatever, the the price of it was really steep and not what she was expecting, not what anybody was expecting, except for maybe Blue, who I still think is super shady. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really wish we'd found out more about her, but it, it's fine. Maybe that's why I'll watch next season. <laughs> well, and that's why I would have liked for her to have been an actual fairy rather than a human who attained the powers of a fairy, because I thought we were really going to deal with the... You know, with the society of fairies, you know, in a, yeah. in a stronger way than we did with a little bit with Tinkerbell, uh, and we didn't get that. Yeah, the, yeah, sure. Of course, would you really believe that Rumpel's father could have, you know, gotten a fairy? I just, it, no. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, I found that very interesting that his father, like, Pan was a much different person, and then ended up, you know, blaming his son for what happened to his wife, which is yeah. tragic, but I think actually happens fairly regularly and just in life. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I got that, and it certainly made sense of why he was always trying to ditch Rumpel. It was, you know, because, I mean, he blamed him for the death of his wife, and so he was a reminder of that, so. Um, and, of course, then when he has the chance to be young again, you know, before a time when he had gone through that tragedy. You know, I it, so, so, yeah, I mean, in context, I think it actually... Uh, enhanced Pan's story. Yeah. But, I, see, I feel that episode, um, the episode we're talking about is the Black Fairy, for anyone uh, paying attention yeah, at all. like, third or fourth to the last. Right. And um, the, the problem I have with that episode is that it's an episode that works best with Angie's way of viewing, that each episode is its own thing and you don't have to worry about continuity. Because... <laughs> it's a story that I think, though, is really problematic when viewed from the standpoint of the series as a whole, because suddenly then the same, so, so originally we had this term savior, which I think was used in a generic sense, you know, Emma will be the savior that will save us from <laughs> the curse. Yeah. Nothing really special. It wasn't savior in all capitals. It was, she will be the savior. Okay, fine. It was curse-specific. It was curse-specific, right, exactly. And so, sure, I mean, you could potentially have other people who are saviors, quote-unquote, of different bad things that happen, whether it's a curse right. or whatever. But this makes it almost like the savior is one singular thing. And when it was no longer Rumple, it went to someone else. 
And when that person was no longer qualified, it went to someone else. And for 230 years, it's been passed along. You know, when Aladdin severed his fate, it went to Emma. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, there's this long line for 230 years of people who were potentially going to be the ones that fought the Black Fairy. And every single one has shirked it all the way down to Emma, which seems kind of ridiculous to me. (laughs) That it's gone on that long uh, just to get to where someone actually accepts it and goes into the final battle. Uh, I actually, I didn't see it that way. Yeah, I didn't see Aladdin being a savior had any connection to Emma or the Black Fairy or Rumpel. Um, just that that particular prophecy that, you know, the the evil and the light would, whatever the prophecy was, I don't remember. But that was like a, that was a, a unit. And so when Rumpel was no longer the savior, the savior for that particular prophecy still had to be there somewhere. Somebody was going to have to fight the final battle but not necessarily that all saviors are all connected to this one event. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got more of there's a a savior for each generation feel, you know, and it it doesn't, it's regardless of what the savior is going to battle. There's going to be one. So it could be that, you know, past saviors haven't had much to do. You know, where I just, you know, really had some crappy luck, you know, when, when, her turn came up it just it kind of makes sense and if you believe in like the duality of the show which you know for fairy tales maybe that that actually works out but you're if you have a dark one which passes on the mantle from dark one to dark one it kind of makes sense you'd have a savior that's going to be there to to if not combat the dark one then at least combat the darkness well yeah and i mean actually the timeline makes sense that emma became the savior at the same time aladdin severed himself from it because aladdin was actually affected by the curse so if you consider that he did that just before the curse give or take a little bit you know you can see that oh about the time emma was conceived or whatever that that could have passed you know from him to her at that point no because i don't buy that emma was the savior from infancy well except that's what the fairy said like is that you will have the child that is the savior that yeah that's like will be the savior or is born to be a savior sure but not the the child the savior it's something they're going to do the savior is like well like yeah curse dependent it's it's an act that's they're either have done or will do but it's not just something that they go around i mean emma's the sheriff as well but she wasn't born the sheriff uh, I don't know. I, I think because it comes with powers and everything else, because Aladdin has the same powers, or had, when he was the savior, the same powers that Emma does, that it seems to be that it is something that you are born with. The, or at least the potential to be the savior has to be something that's like instilled in you. Whereas before, I took the generic meaning like you did. Like I kept saying like Regina is the savior of the second curse. But Regina right. doesn't have that same you know, magic power. No one's referred to her as the savior. So I think it is supposed to be a separate thing. Uh, like you say, like almost the opposite to the dark one. Well, it's worth remembering that even though the curse, the, 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 ver- the first curse, the curse that Regina got from Rumpel, who, you know, more or less got from uh, mommy dearest mm-hmm. Storybrooke is still there. So even though Emma's quote unquote broke the curse, she hasn't, the, the curse still exists. It's just they're aware of it, and it's still got limitations. But Storybrooke still... Storybrooke was not there before the curse, and it wouldn't be there if the curse was truly gone. Like in the you know that one season when they did actually end the curse, and everyone went back to the Enchanted Forest. So maybe as long as Storybrooke exists, then Emma 
until until Storybrooke is gone, Emma's not still the savior because she hasn't ever really truly ended the curse. Hmm. Except there was a whole other curse. <laughs> which was built which she didn't break that curse that and Regina did so we've established that you can mess around with spells and make new ones so let's maybe just chalk this up to like too many curses in one place <laughs> yeah. has caused unforeseen consequences <laughs> yeah, be like... built on the backs of each other at this point in time yeah. <laughs> we don't know which parts belong to which curse there should be like a hole in the space-time continuum at Storybrooke by this point. <laughs> How many curses can we fit into one little place? Yeah. But, uh, alright. Then we get to the musical episode. So, uh, Angie, what did you think about the musical episode? Um, there was music. <laughs> it was filler. Mostly. I thought the premise was terrible. Um... You know, a lot of the cast is pretty talented. That Lana Perilla, you know, chewed scenery like a champ. She had a great uh, song. <laughs> I actually feel like we got old Hook back briefly, which was lovely. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't handle musical episodes. <laughs> I fast forwarded through pieces of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? You know... <laughs> I, I could give or take musicals. I don't hate them, but I don't. I'm not one who you know has a bookshelf full of all the lyrics or anything like that. I felt like like it was gimmicky. Oh, you know, mm. we we need to have a musical episode. We're a genre show that's been on this long, and we can make <laughs> right. it work. Hey, Lash is doing it this year. We need to do it too. Yeah, kind of. We can make it work within the the concept of the story, and they did. They found a way that yeah, it kind of made sense. Um, I, I think honestly, I think uh. Uh, what's, uh, uh, I'm blanking on Rebecca Matter. I think she had the best, the, may have been one of the more talented ones. I can't quite remember all the songs, but I remember liking her song and liking uh, Regina's song. Atlanta uh, Regina's song was great. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> it, it just, yeah, I, I agree with Angie. It was just like, you know, filler in the sense that we were going to do this just as a gimmick and uh, it's move on to the next show, next episode. Um, so yeah. You know, to be fair though, for a wedding episode, it's like it's always gonna be a gimmicky episode. This is in true. any show. Um so I felt like if they were gonna do a musical episode, it was a good idea of one to marry it up with. You know, I, I I'll say this. I don't have much time for musicals, uh period. I do not like the format or the genre or whatever you want to call it in general. But I gotta say, if you're going to do it as part of the show, this is the way to do it, in my mind. Whereas I felt like the Flash episode this season that did a similar, uh, which also did a musical, uh, the Trapped in the Holodeck feel of it, (laughs) and the fact that there are only three songs, made it tedious uh, to the extreme. Whereas with this, at least it was truly musical. You know, I mean, I think there were like seven or eight songs in it. So, I mean, there was a lot of singing going on. And they used it to express things about the characters rather than just to have a musical number, which I thought was, you know, kind of fun, you know, and at least, you know, did something with it. I felt like the main problem with it was that 
when we get to the fight, you know, the whole point was going to be, we have got to build up Emma's spirit for the final battle. So we're putting this music into her heart. Then when the final battle happens, there's no reference to the musical episode at all. <laughs> you know, nothing about yeah, they, that seems to carry it over. six seasons ago. There was, <laughs> there was no musical episode. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the part that I had a hard time with. But, you know, I liked it. And for Disney, I mean, this... It fits the Disney, you know, sort of yeah. style. You know, and, and even though I didn't like the Snow and Charming song as much, at least I totally got where it was coming from. Yeah, and if, if any show's going to have a musical number, I forgive this one for doing it. It, mm. I, it, it actually is less contrived for them to do a musical episode. I just think they kind of shoehorned it in in a weird place. Well, yeah, as the lead up to the final battle, that was problematic. But I think using it in the marriage episode was, yeah. it's just that they conflated those two things and made it like, oh, well, you have to have, you know, it goes here. So we're going to do the musical here. Yeah. And Emma and Hook never talk again after they get married. So they had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, exactly. Again. In. It, it kind of felt like we don't know that we're coming back for a season seven. We've always kind of wanted to do to do a musical, so and it would kind of make sense in this universe. So it's now or never, right? And they've said that part of the thing is they know they've got musically talented people on the show. Yeah. So they felt like it was a shame not to use that, especially when you are a Disney property, and that's sort of part and parcel of the, you know, of the not the genre, but you know what I mean. This the style of Disney or, or whatever. The subset. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. So, I, yeah. I felt, and again, I, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it more on the on the Flash recap episode, but I certainly <laughs> preferred this way to the Flash musical episode yeah. this season, which I thought was just, yeah. just nonsense, but <laughs> anyway. I kind of get your point there. I mean, the, the Flash episode was just a matter of, oh my god, do you realize how much musical talent we've got on the show? We've got to use it. Whereas this was kind of, oh, these are Disney properties who have songs and all of them. It's it's almost a small wonder that they didn't bring back Arendelle and do Let It Go or something like that. At least it was original material. Yeah. 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 No, I, no, I, I actually I, appreciate them more for not doing that. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although Arendelle does make an appearance briefly at the end, but uh, yeah. <laughs> not that you see anyone but Sven, but you know, yeah. my, my wife is excited to see Sven. But I mean, <laughs> there you go. If you watch, if you watch Fringe next, you'll recognize another face. Georgina okay. Hay. Yep. <laughs> so then we get up to the misnomer, the final battle. <laughs> Which, <laughs> which to me was where we suddenly took a nosedive in this season, where up to this point, like I say, I mean, the Aladdin one, you know, the Agrabah resolution kind of turned me, you know, I, I, I didn't really like that one. But overall, I felt like this season was going in the right direction. I loved all the callbacks, uh, for the most part. I, I loved, uh, you know, the thrust of the story, where it was going. I thought the Black Fairy was a good villain. Uh, you know, everything was going in the right direction. Right. Then we have the final battle, which almost felt like the final battle that we can afford. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, all right. So, of course, I was expecting, like probably everyone else, that this was going to be, you know, uh, throw in everything but the kitchen sink. We think we're getting canceled this season. Finale. The, with with as, as huge a budget as they could throw at it with a real epic, you know, Lord of the Rings style battle. <laughs> and so those expectations were completely dashed. 
<laughs> you know, the, the, the conflict ended up being something personal, which is something that I can sort of get behind. Problem is that they sort of conflated that with this idea that all of the worlds that exist beyond our world are totally contingent upon Emma's belief, which uh, so problematic because now we start opening up what could be another interesting avenue to explore, except they're not going to, which is, is any of this real then? Is, is Emma really somebody in an insane asylum and has been for years? Which would have been a whole really cool way to go down. But we totally avoid that. We keep it as, oh no, there's a black fairy. You know, she's just fooling Emma. You know, everything else. But I don't know. It just, it seemed like from that standpoint, the whole final battle thing didn't work. Because this whole idea that if Emma stops believing all the other, you know, worlds that exist out there disintegrate. Uh, it just them, it didn't work with the whole idea that these stories are real. They're not contingent upon someone's belief. They should just be real. Maybe this is where the savior comes back in. Maybe it's not Emma has to believe. Maybe it's the savior has to believe. Well, and the, the Black Fairy's stated purpose was to remake magic the way that she wanted it to be. So, again, if this is all a self-contained unit, this particular story that the Black Fairy wants to change magic like i don't know i figured she was going to eat all the magic and then do whatever she wanted with it (laughs) um in the land without magic um so she needed the savior to like release it into the universe or something so merlin's dead who's making the rules is it zeus you know i mean it's i don't know it's who set up the final battle what i don't know it's (laughs) Uh, a previous author at some point you know uh, maybe i don't know i just i just feel like there's i feel like the writers create so many things that it's like they don't think through yeah they paint themselves into a corner almost every season and they did it here again Uh, they build up these expectations they can never fulfill and it's kind of a cop-out to do, oh, the final battle is all in a fictional world or whatever. You mentioned, you know, do it with her in the insane asylum. But that's been done before in other shows, too. There's there's really no way to do this and make it original. Even if they had gone, you know, full out uh, the two towers battle between, <laughs> you know, armies, even that has been done for there's really kind of no way to do a final battle that we haven't seen in some capacity well sure i don't care about that i mean so much as i mean so much of fiction is just spins off of other ideas you do something unique within it that nobody else has done even though sort of the overall idea is something that's been done before and it's fine uh at least from my standpoint but eh, to, to me even the premise of this story didn't make a whole lot of sense as to why the worlds were getting destroyed and why Emma had to believe and all of that. I, I I liked the fact that it was a personal battle, but I felt like the consequences of it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And also, I wondered why Henry was the only one unaffected by the curse. Because Henry. <laughs> well, I guess. H- hormones, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Puberty does strain. I, I thought it might have something to do with being the author, but they never say. You know, yeah. it's you something know. something. He was born in New York. Something I don't. He wasn't part of the original curse either. Magic doesn't know what to do with him. Well, yeah. Emma wasn't part of the original curse either. She was taken out of Storybook before it affected her. Uh, August also was taken out. So August, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. don't don't overthink it because again, <laughs> I'm still. I will always go back to Cinderella's baby. You know, whatever <laughs> happened to that thing. You know? <laughs> um. 
Oh, wouldn't that have been messed up if she gave birth to a flying monkey? <laughs> yes! <laughs> what? Yes, that would be messed up. <laughs> because, you know, she was turned into a flying monkey while she was pregnant, so, you know. <laughs> anyway. Shades of the movie The Fly. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, the other thing that really bothered me about this episode or was when... Charming falls off the beanstalk and, you know, breaks his back, oh as you know, yeah. <laughs> as you do. And all that has to happen is Snow just needs to give him a kiss, and he's fine and dandy. Now, True Love's kiss has been part of this show since the beginning, but the idea has always been it breaks magical curses. It's never yeah. been, like, mundane injuries just get kissed away. Because now they've set up a world where, basically, as long as you have a true love, you are immortal. <laughs> You know, kiss each other every day. You know, all your ailments. Just that for a second. You have to apparently be destined to have a true love. Uh, Your the work you put into it doesn't matter at all, according to the show. I don't know about that. It seems like anyone who has any small amount of love is true love. I mean, the 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 ways that they've stretched true love in this show to be like it's like oh, like you know the the affection a mother has for her son, you know, like the the affection that any you know any two people have for each other ends up being true love's kiss, and it's like. You know, true love's kiss, to me at least, from how it you know was always described, is like something epic in scope. It is like such a selfless, you know, uh, expression of love that there there's never any like thought of oneself. It is always about giving for the other person. You know, that kind of like the most the most epic kind of love that you can think of. But in this show, it's just like, oh yeah, I love that person. Yeah, so true love's kiss works. You know. All right. I'm not going to disagree with you that it's stupid that this kiss healed him. You're right. That accepted, it's not just any true love kiss. It, they do share a heart. So that could have some factor into it uh, in, in a sense that where just any other true love wouldn't. Uh, you know, Emma kisses Neil. She doesn't, can't heal him. Emma kisses Hook. She can't heal him. But they, they literally are, in a sense, one body. So I don't know. It, maybe it would make more sense if, like, somehow Snow shared the pain or something like that, or it was distributed between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm it, choosing yeah. to believe that it wasn't a TLK. I'm choosing to believe because there's no whoosh. I'm choosing to believe that he he she just woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He fell like it looked like hundreds of feet. You know, I mean, like, when they showed, like, him on the beanstalk, it was, like, the trees looked like they were only, like, an inch tall, you know, from where he was. And he falls off that beanstalk. (laughs) Well, and and second off, Hook falls from the same distance, and he's fine. (laughs) And doesn't use the bean. What the hell? I'm going to run back to the (laughs) castle and let the bean turn into, like, a rotten thing, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It, It, I... This is a show that you have to suspend so much disbelief that things like that don't even get to me anymore. I mean, you can make a list, and six seasons in, that it's kind of like since we're going to keep going back to the Flash, it's kind of like the the meme that you shared the other day: the bullet versus the blow dart. You right. know? <laughs> don't think it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it still bothers me. <laughs> No. <laughs> usually, I mean, usually I can suspend that disbelief. I think my problem here is a narrative one. All of this stuff was pointless. It just took up time and let two characters have conversations that apparently the writers couldn't figure out how to let them have otherwise. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm racking my brain here, but the wand that Tiger Lily had, that didn't, nothing happened with that, right? I'm trying to think what... No, it was supposed to be, it it was supposed to be what Rumpel could use to defeat Fiona, but then they made their deal, and so he didn't end up using it. So what happened to it? Is there a reason Emma couldn't have used it? Well, no, because they they didn't realize at that point that Fiona was still around, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one asked for it after that. <laughs> Just sitting in a shop. <laughs> right. they're, they're all racking their minds trying to figure out how to like get to Emma. I don't know. No one thought to be like, hey, where is that wand? <laughs> well, they were know. stuck in the Enchanted Forest find at that point. It. Yeah. I don't, whatever. So the wand, nothing happened with that. The bean, nothing happened with that. Regina, like the evil queen died to give Regina more time and nothing happened with that. Like Rumpel saved the day. Literally nothing that anybody else did mattered, and we spent two hours of setup for everything that they did for nothing. Narratively, the the finale is a mess. You know, uh, when, <laughs> I when you put it like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I really liked was that Rumpel had planned for it, because that is very much a Rumpel thing, and he's like, "I'm yeah. not going to let her have control." So he was the only one besides Henry. Um, who, for mysterious reasons, wasn't affected, uh, was not affected. I, I was actually hoping when Henry, you know, tell you know, knows that Rumpel is is awake, that Rumpel's going to be like, "Did you think it was an accident that you didn't fall under the curse?" Either that was going to turn out to be part of Rumpel's plan, you know, that you huh. know he was keeping Henry awake as well. And I was disappointed that that didn't turn out to be. But I liked that Rumpel was wasn't going to trust her completely, even though it was his mother. Yeah. Which, good on him. Because <laughs> the Charmings would have been like, oh, you apologized, it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> All good. <laughs> would you like to marry into our family? <laughs> <laughs> Son! <laughs> that is kind of messed up that, you know, their son-in-law is older than they are, but it's a whole other... <laughs> Well, it depends. I count years. And, it's you know, it's, it's I mean. not Storybrooke, Maine anymore. It's Storybrooke, Mississippi. But uh. <laughs> that's been that for a while. <laughs> uh. I mean, again, they they name and I'll, I'll mention it every podcast you do about once upon a time. They named their son after their daughter's lover. You know, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's, dead uh, gross. It, it dead sounds gross. wrong when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me put you this way. Hey, Henry, we're going to name your uncle after your dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it is just a little bit wrong. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, yeah, we get the whole thing with uh fiona and like we talked about before rumple dispatches her almost as an afterthought i mean it's it's so it's so weak um of a scene because you know at the moment that she messed with bell that he isn't going to accept anything that she tells him you know so the whole thing where she tries to convince him oh no no you know we can still be together you know just trust me there was never a real temptation moment to me you know what I'm saying? Because it, it never yeah. felt like he was ever going to accept her at this point. It was a line. Yeah. I mean, Rumpel has very few lines, but where Bell's concerned, there are lines. So, you know, we get through that. Um, oh, 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 God. 
<laughs> Another thing I had an issue with. Who's been paying for Emma's apartment all this time? See, that's how she should have known that everything Henry said was true. <laughs> yeah, because, alright, so, oh, oh, there's another interesting thing. This is just kind of a side point. This has nothing to do with the writing. You know, the show has been pretty consistent up until this point that one year in our time, you know, the viewer's time, is one year in the show. But suddenly in this episode, they start saying that Emma's been in Storybrooke for four years. They keep on throwing around four years a lot. So they're starting to truncate the six seasons into four years. And I think that the reason for doing that is because they realize they're jumping forward with season seven, and they don't want to put it too far forward of our present day. So it was kind of funny to me that they were kind of, they were starting to play around with something that they had established fairly consistently before. Um, with the, how how quickly time was passing, but okay. So side point there, but okay. So <laughs> I can discuss that if you want. You know? Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. What 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 are you thinking about that, Ryan? Well, again, we're dealing with multiple universes and even universes within universe in the sense that Storybrooke is a bubble, you know, on Earth, and so. It, even again, if we assume time moves in a corollary between, say, Storybrooke in the real world or the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke, and and we know it, it at least loops back on itself sometimes in the sense that Storybrooke was around for what twenty three years or however many it was, just repeating again and again, and it it just goes back to the sense that somewhere in this show, and I think it was around season four maybe three they lost track they lost the thread like you mentioned that the dark fairy should should only be fiona should only be 250 years ish old mm. and i agree with you that doesn't make any sense considering how far other uh rumple is older than that or at least we've always had that impression mm. and definitely if you go back to merlin and so forth so i've just had to kind of rationalize it that time differently in all these different universes mm. and or, or even for that matter we don't. We've never seen a calendar in the Enchanted Forest. We don't know how long a year is there. Well, fair point. So you know, I I wouldn't. The very fact that they said four years is how long the the six seasons have gone along. I wouldn't put too much stock. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't give them enough credit to assume that they made that number up because of how far they want to jump the show next season. Maybe that's the case, but I think you're giving them way too much credit there. Well, maybe. Yeah, so so let's get on to the whole thing of, so Emma comes home, right? She leaves Storybook. The writers seem to have forgotten that Emma's done that yeah. before, when the first curse ended. So there should be people in the real world that know about her time when she moved to New York, you know, and was living in New York. And I cannot believe that all that time when she was living in New York with no memory of Storybrooke, that she was also maintaining her apartment in Boston. That seemed a little weird. It seems like they forget whether it's Boston or New York. Right. So, no, well, it's two different apartments. She had an apartment with Henry in yeah. New York when uh, in season three when the first curse ended and she right. had altered memories. But this was the apartment from the original. You know, the, the door was the door from where, where, Henry Henry, yeah, where Henry found her. There was the cup of coffee still there from where she had left <laughs> years ago. <laughs> they were treating this like this is the first time she's come back to this place. And that might be true physically, because, I mean, we, we don't know what she did after she left Storybrooke that time in season three. But 
I don't believe she was maintaining that apartment all that. I mean, because she wouldn't have had any memory of why she would want to make... I mean, I don't know. Her whole life was different in that sort of alternate memory that she had where she had kept Henry all the time. And so uh, I have a... I have a real issue with the apartment still being there. It, again, it, it comes to where how much effect does magic have in the real world? It clearly has enough effect so that Emma's memories are changed, but does it have so much effect as to put money in her bank account? No. It just seems like a really weird technical aspect of a, of a curse. Yeah, it just seems to me that someone would mention to her, hey, didn't you move to New York or something like that? And be <laughs> like... <laughs> that one, the whole you know scenario would have come crashing down at that point. You know, we, we have bank records and things of you from when you were in New York. And, you know, if she was in an insane asylum in Storybrooke all this time, that wouldn't have made sense. Or, you know, what, what happened to the people that surely rented that apartment? At some point, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that would have been the funniest thing is if she went to that apartment and there was like different furniture and people were like, "Who are you? Get out of here!" <laughs> she goes in and there's like a Korean couple there or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so I had a problem with that too. But uh, yeah, so then we get to the end of it, and then there's the final confrontation with Gideon, where it's sort of like the vision she saw, but not quite. But then it's like. There's no way around, you know, in any other episode, there would be like, oh, we'll put him to sleep or do something until we can figure out another way, right? But in this episode, it's like, no, there's no solution to this. I just have to let him stab me. You know what I'm, it's just, uh, I don't know. I I called this whole finale anticlimactic, but that to me just really felt contrived. I don't understand why light has to destroy light. I don't get it. Did I miss something? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the fact that there's no consequences from any of it. I mean, if Gideon had killed... I mean, in fact, knowing that the actress isn't coming back next season, I wish that they had let her stay dead. So, okay, yes, it killed Emma. Emma somehow was able to release some pent-up energy that restored him to being a baby, but the consequence was that she died. That would actually explain why Henry could go to a place where he gives up on... On fairy tales and stories and whatnot. Um, it would explain why Hook doesn't have Emma next season. You know, all this stuff. It would have been an interesting story point to go forward. But this is where I feel like they didn't know, or they didn't have two different scenarios filmed. Because it seems like that would have been the preferable scenario if they were continued. Whereas what we got was the mega happy ending. You know, which was would have been great if the series was... If this was the last episode, I would have been like, well, this was a nice way to end things. Everybody got their happy ending. It's a fairy tale type story. You know, the end. But the yeah. fact that we know that it continues to me felt like that was just really contrived and unnecessary. And the fact that Emma can live again and Gideon gets restored seemed way too over the top. Well, I mean, the actress has already... Emma uh, has already said that she'll do a couple of, she's more than happy to do a couple of episodes uh, at the beginning of next season to explain you know what happens to her character well, i know or, or and that's fine whatever. but i think killing her off would have been better than having her come back for a couple of episodes i, I we'll see what they do with it but you yeah. know i think that i would have rather just had her die here and again, that all falls back then on all the things that everyone's been saying. You know, being a savior ain't easy. You know, saviors end badly. You know, you either end up giving it up or you die. My only problem that I would have had with that is, uh, again, like, like 
she and Hook would have had no time right. married together. Yeah, it, they they let her let them go on their honeymoon, let them have a year, then kill her or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill her. Okay. I would settle for a conversation. Right. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they at least need to cut the cake. Right. You know. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not a shipper. I think the shippers must be dying right now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, i've never not only do they not get a true love kiss at all they don't even talk to each other again <laughs> I, i've never been a fan of emma and hook anyway uh, i don't feel like there's really a whole lot of chemistry there and uh yeah i don't know i felt like that was contrived but at least they've been consistent enough about it over the last few years that i've just sort of accepted it <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like them as a couple. I, I, you know, if they didn't end up being a couple, I probably wouldn't have cared. But I just, for all of the attention we give to the Charmings, I think they did a grand misservice to their, uh, ostensibly their leads. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's a, a disservice they can repair if Jennifer Morrison does, you know, come back for a couple of episodes or, or you know, it's something, it's not the end of the world. I mean... I, I kind of it, their relationship always did feel a little bit forced. Like, oh, we want to have this bad boy, you mm-hmm. know, that she's going to save or something like that. And again, maybe it's just going back to the weird sort of nature of the show where everyone's related. But I always <laughs> thought her and August would have made a better couple. Uh, but you know, no. whatever. <laughs> no, I I agree with you, and it certainly seemed like there might be that kind of tension there in the first season. But uh, I don't know what that actor went on to do. I mean, he was gone for a couple of seasons before they even brought him back as a you know a guest spot. So yeah, I we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I felt like that whole final scenario with her versus Gideon was contrived. I did like what they did with Rumple with that for him to get his major temptation of we can break the bonds of magic and him kill her, and you would have unlimited power. And for Rumple to finally decide no. You know, this is my yeah. son, and there are some things that are more important than power. Uh, which finally actually gives... This is the first time I think he's ever given up power. You know, which... You know, when he died the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, he died the first time. That wasn't... Yeah, that was just revenge on his father. But yes, you're right. By, by doing that, he, he also gave up power. But I, I like that, and it finally gave at least some glimmer of why Bell sees potential in him. Because for the last few yeah. seasons, I've been like, there's no reason at all for him to, for her to be with him. <laughs> there's never been a doubt that Uncle loves his family. Yeah. And he, he perverts that love as an excuse to do things that gain him power, to do the wrong thing. But in this instance, it was making a choice that there, there was no way. There, I, it was just such a dichotomy that he could choose his family, he could choose the ones he loved, or he could choose power. But he couldn't choose both. Mm-hmm. At least not. I mean, I guess he could have, if you think about it. You know, with all that power, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been real. He wants. He wants true love. He wants. He wants. He wants people to choose him. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's the thing. He's never tried to alter Bell in any way. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He wants it to be legitimate. So. Yeah. No, I, I just like it because I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's 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 back to like what happened with Balefire. Of your here's your choice. It's either power or your son. And he chose power at that point, and this time he said, I choose my son. So I think that it was a good moment for him. And I think we, I think it might have been a step in, because I think making it that he was a potential savior might allow them to sort of change the dynamic with him in the next season, and sort of progress him beyond being the character he has been. And again, it shows that even though there is a savior, that 
anyone can be a savior. Lowercase savior, right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so, uh, you know, we get these little flashes. Um, I think they actually cheated. Uh, you know, we get these flashes of the future. I think we saw the flashes in reverse order. So actually the thing with her and the, the little girl and her dad in the Enchanted Forest was later on in next season than when she goes and eats him at the, you know, at the apartment. This is my theory oh. right now, that this is going, we're going to see actually see this play out where the beginning of next season is going to be her visiting him in the apartment. They're going to go to the Enchanted Forest at some point during the season, and that, that might be the mid-season finale or something when her dad is taken and Tiger Lily finds her and says, let's go meet your mom. This is what I'm thinking right now. So, you know, but in either way, so it's frustrating to me that the, se- that the story ended with the exact same, with the beginning basically with the little girl knocking on the door and it's older Henry. And she's basically like, I'm your child. You know, we've got to rescue your family that you don't remember. You know, let's do this. (laughs) And it's, it's it's frustrating to me on that standpoint. If they do something different with it, I'm completely okay with it. But that, that on its face, if it's, if there's another town with another curse and it's basically the same trope all over again, I'm going to like throw something. (laughs) What isn't that the Disney story in a nutshell, though? I mean, it's the same. It's the same story, you know, whether it's Cinderella or Snow White or, you know, uh, any of them. Um, so I agree with you. It would be just kind of lame. Been there, done that. Oh, we we switched it up instead of mother son. Now it's father daughter. But yeah, I, I can. That's it's an interesting theory about airing them out of order. But I don't think that's the case. I think uh, I think it, chronologically they happened in the order that we saw that Henry was in the Enchanted Forest and uh, maybe tried to fight a new curse from there or something like that. And um, that's, that's, he was there, that he's had a life that included magic and possibly his family back in the Enchanted Forest. But, yeah, we'll see. Well, they've moved it to Seattle, so we already know there's a change. (laughs) (laughs) And some years later, so we're in an undefined future time point now, so... Uh. Seattle, I guess they really mean Vancouver. Right. <laughs> West Coast, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's going to be the, a lot. The, they were already they were already filming in British Columbia, Canada, when it was supposed to be Maine. So you know, it's it's okay. But same latitude, <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about the potential for the next season? Well, like I said, I, I haven't really decided yet whether I'm going to watch the next season. Yeah, but is that based on? episodes this season or is it based on what you see as the potential for next season i think i'm intrigued enough by the snippets that we saw that i'm i might tune in and see where they go with Mm. it especially knowing that only um regina golden hook are coming Mm. back out of the main cast so i guess in in that sense it it piqued my interest enough that i might keep following along (laughs) but after this the after this final battle fiasco (laughs) i'd not too enthused about the the current story. What about you, Ryan? You know, I'm I'm in. I I, I didn't. The, yeah, the final battle didn't live up to my expectations. But let me actually. I think that it didn't live up to everything I thought it could be. But it actually hit my expectations perfectly <laughs> for what I what I expect. From this show. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I, I I'm in to see where they take this. I, I think there's a lot of ways that they can go with it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing 
new takes on new on new uh, characters or even old characters again. And we've been complaining for years that it's just too much charming. Mm-hmm. It, Charming's plural. And so we were finally getting what we wanted. So I think it, the show deserves a chance to see what they can do with that. Uh, like I said, I liked Tiger Lily. Uh, I want to see where they go. I want to see them bring back maybe some of these other characters and give them more of a, a spotlight. And and I, I do want to see more of the world beyond magic and the real world beyond Storybrooke. We know that characters have existed outside of it. The dragon, Ursula, you know, um, so of the author of the first author whose name escaped Isaac. So, although I guess that wasn't our world, that was a different world, yeah. but whatever. So yeah, I'd like to see where, where they go with it. I, I think it's uh, going to be fun if they, if they do it right. I don't know how I feel about the adult Henry. I kind of maybe wish they'd just gone with a brand new family, a brand new story. It still feels like they're just, they can't help but make it the charming. <laughs> yeah, I um, I agree with you. I think seeing magic in the real world would be um, uh, interesting. I don't think they're going that way, because I think we're going to either end up in a new town, <laughs> or we're going to end up in the Enchanted Forest, which being in the Enchanted Forest for a while might be interesting. Uh, certainly it's a different take, you know, or a different way that the show has uh, never spent too much time there. Um, but if they, if they do that, I think that would be really good. I like the fact that we saw the Charmings, at least, with, you know, the house, and Charming has the dog, and... They remembered they had a baby. Right, yes, exactly. They remembered they had a baby because you see the, the, three, the, the three sets of boots outside the door with the little boots for the child and everything else. And I like that we got those sort of moments because, I mean, a lot of the cast, I know not, um, oh God, I've lost their names. Not, not the actors who play the Charmings, but I know some of the cast, especially Zelina and Belle uh, as actresses, uh, felt sort of unceremoniously yeah. dumped from the show <laughs> and kind of expressed their frustration on the internet. But, you know, I mean, I'm glad they at least gave them, we got to see the happy, you know, uh, endings for those characters. So we got to see that point. And so I'm glad that the show has sort of put a coda there and we're moving on. We're just going to have, you know, to me, Rumple and Belle are the two most interesting characters on the show. So that's great. Not a huge hook fan, but maybe Hook without Emma will end up being a little more interesting. Old Hook? Like season two right. Hook? I would be super happy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he could be a more interesting... Not Mopey. Right. <laughs> right. He could, like, <laughs> he could be a more interesting character this way. So I, I'm kind of excited yeah. to see the dynamic that comes out of Old Henry and those three. Uh, and I'm hoping to see some of the characters they haven't touched yet. You know, there aren't that many, you know, the of the fairy tales that they haven't done to the Disney ones, but yeah. we can also do the... <laughs> Uh, you know, some of the teased, untold story type characters. So there's a lot yeah. of potential of new wow. ways that they can take this show. Now, does anyone have any theories about the girl's mother? I, did they get the girl a name? I think they did, but I don't remember it. It's Lucy. Oh, is it Lucy? Okay, yeah. Is it Lucy? Yeah. I mean, huh. unless she's adopted, her mom definitely isn't Violet. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> the showrunners, I think, kind of hinted that it wasn't Moana. That was the... Th- the fan theory mm. um, they kind of walked that back so mm. so it's clearly Lilo is what you're saying <laughs> I was thinking Tiana uh, oh and it's not Violet I think they also verified it's not well, yeah, Violet I mean, so. yeah, like I say, unless she's adopted she's obviously not Violet the uh, child but uh, I, I was thinking maybe Tiana that they could work that huh. in <laughs> that would be a weird one to work in <laughs> 
I, I was just thinking today, if Once Upon a Time continues until like season 9 or 10, we might even get like a Song of the South in there, but only if they go, oh if they go that long. You know, it, <laughs> the, we're, we were thinking about this a little too um, traditionally yeah. or literally. I mean, it, it, it could be... I mean, for instance, Lancelot's black. So right. Well, be, no, and Rapunzel uh, was actually number of characters that they've just uh, Rapunzel was actually black in in the Once Upon a Time version. So no, no, I, I agree with you. It could be just about any. It could very well be someone yeah. we can't even guess because you know it's it's not even a real character from fiction. But I, I'm betting it's going to be a character from fiction. Rapunzel yeah. was black. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, yeah Rapunzel was black in Once Upon a Time. I hate the idea of that. <laughs> if that ends up being the case, I'm not watching. Well, yeah, there's a... Unless there's another, like, age freezing going on, that also is problematic, because <laughs> she, she'd be way older than Henry. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, again, if you anyone from Enchanted Forest is going to be way older right. than Henry, if you think about it, uh, no. considering pretty much time stopped there. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean so physically. Tar- I mean, yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway. Know, again, we don't know these people's lifespans. It's really weird. <laughs> there are certain things that I think we have to assume, like that humans age about, yeah. the, you know, <laughs> have lifespan is about the same, whether you're one place or the other. Well, hey, you're Gus the one that brought up... Well, well that's true. Yeah, Gus was a mouse <laughs> and was turned human. That's right, but the curse. Yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Uh, you mentioned... Um, well, I was going to, the, the format of the show has always been, you know, kind of a, what, two thirds in storybook, one third, uh, a flashback. So since we're getting rid of the Charmings and all these main characters, I'm wondering how they're going to do that going forward. If they're going to keep that same format of having a flashback, is it going to be a flashback to the intervening time between when the season ends and the next one begins? Uh, and, or is it going to be maybe concurrent so that we'll have some time, some part of the show in the in Seattle or wherever, and then some part of the show with other characters in the Enchanted Forest and other worlds. I think there's an opportunity there to do something really kind of uh, original in the context of the show and tell multiple. P- p- please, please change the format because uh, well, here's the thing: the requirement to do flashbacks has hamstrung this show for seasons now. They're very rarely. <laughs> They're very rarely important. <laughs> they feel like filler a lot of times. Of let's find like some scenario that sort of loosely ties into the story we want to tell this week. You know that happened in the past. And when they introduce new, we've got it. I'm sorry. What did you say? Well, I was just to say they have to justify their costume. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, when they introduce new characters, that's usually the best place for the flashbacks because they can give you a little context and whatnot. But oh god, so many times the flashbacks feel like they're just tacked on because they have to do one. Uh, I am fine with them getting rid of the flashbacks as a requirement. I think they're fine to use when it actually makes sense. But so many of these shows feel like if they do flashbacks once, that they have to do it for the whole season, every episode. And it's like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> Arrow. <laughs> well, I was actually happy with Arrow this season that there were quite a few episodes where they were like, no flashback this episode. You know? <laughs> Nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with them doing away with the flashback format. I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> it can be done now. But, yeah, I, know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential moving into the next season. They've... More potential than the show has had since the first season. Because yeah. they're no longer hamstrung by anything. I mean, because with this sort of soft reboot can come new format, even like what you're talking about, Ryan. I mean, new format, definitely going to be new characters. 
And if they want to, they can always bring back any character that they they want for an episode. So even though I know there appears to have been some hurt feelings with some of the characters that they dropped, they can still bring them back for an episode or yeah. two if it makes sense. So I'm kind of happy to see where this goes. I mean, frankly, I want to see Sidney Glass. And especially if they go out into the world, I think that'd be interesting because he was a reporter in his cursed personality. And since the Snow Queen told him to leave Storybrooke, it would be interesting to see like what he's gotten himself involved in and if that could help. <laughs> I'm sorry, just uh, Breaking Bad, uh, you know, fan fiction. Just writing oh, okay. yourself in my head. <laughs> I was just thinking it would be interesting to maybe his path could cross with older Henry and everything else. And I I just really love that actor, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Anything that he's in, I think he does a phenomenal job. So, you know, I'd like to see him back. I mean, we get him as the magic mirror a lot. They'll get him back for an episode every season just in a flashback to do the magic mirror. Uh, That's not what I want to see. I want to see what he's doing now. Yeah, that's fair. Any, anything you want to see in particular, Ryan, other than maybe getting rid of the flashbacks, (laughs) I want them to do justice to the other characters. Uh, I still want to know, I, I feel like, I mean, a lot of this is fan service stuff, but I, I want them to decide what happened with uh, some of the other leads that they dropped. Um, I want them to bring back Ruby. I want them to bring back Dorothy. I want I want Aurora and uh, 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 Philip. Yeah, Philip. Is that? Yeah, yeah. To do something there. It's just i've like like you i've kind of given up on ariel and eric i mean i I think they could fix (laughs) that if they really wanted to but i'd really kind of just and i'm and by the end of it i was done with aladdin and jasmine it's like i feel like eh, but i think there are of the other stories that they've touched on that they could actually make work when they brought was that this season or the previous season when they brought cinderella back that was this season Um, it was very early in this season yes yeah yeah you know that was like that was great let's do more of that yeah because wasn't it a tie-in to the untold yes, stories because her sister yeah. and mother stepmother her stepsister and stepmother came for, through with the, uh yeah with the untold stories but to me that was a cop-out because that was still connected to fairy tale you know characters that we've already had so <laughs> i wanted well, something new still i and it, I, I want them to also explore beyond just the the typical disney right. stories um ooh. One of the good episodes that they did this season was Beowulf. Oh, you know that I thought that that was, was interesting. Yeah, I mean, although yeah, Beowulf didn't. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah they didn't do it right. right. But, yeah, at least they're broadening. Right. <laughs> and of course, he was dead before the untold stories appeared in storybooks. So it's not like they could have brought him in, but yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that's that also smacked to me. The see, that's the kind of flashback I don't like. Though I mean, I like that they brought in Beowulf as a as a non Disney character. But I hated, like, the whole retconning of, you know, Balefire having had the dagger and ordering his dad to kill him and, you know, all that kind of stuff that really changes. I mean, I know he made him forget at the end of it, but it just just felt false. It felt felt like something... It was all a setup. I I didn't (laughs) like that at all. Because he did it in the one episode. (laughs) It would have felt like a it would have felt like a retcon if like they had done it the entire season long, and then and, oh look you don't remember any then it, then it's you know Bobby Ewing coming out of the shower, uh, and it was all a dream. But the fact that it was designed entirely to show that you've got this ability to wipe made Rumple's actions with Gideon work because of the flashbacks, 
and that yeah. one. It's to me if 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 Balefire had attitude, it would have come out again later. He would have grabbed his father's dagger at some other point later down the ra- road and made him do that. You know, making him forget doesn't change his personality. If his personality has that in it, that he would have been tempted by that power again later. So, I to me, it was a <laughs> fundamental retcon of no. Balefire's character and it made no sense other than just for they had to <laughs> they had to you know show this memory loss potion that he was going to use on uh gideon no! you're so wrong <laughs> no this is the, the fit killing uh, and it's again conversation <laughs> uh, and under certain circumstances well at least with Fitz, there's a little more of an argument because they went back and changed his whole life from like the time he was a little kid I mean, it kind of Granted, retroactively that. makes his arguments insufferable because they're like to rumple because he knows <laughs> that even his even Bellfire isn't living up to all of the values he's espousing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. That is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of loses the moral high ground, and he doesn't even right know it. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't like it from the flashback point of view. I get that they were establishing something, but again, to me, that's not a good use of the flashbacks just to establish something that you're going to use later. It's like you can do that in the present day without a flashback. You can establish. It's the better existence. than not doing it at all, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better than the exposition, you know. Mm. It's I, I don't know. I thought that was one of the better uses of the flashback okay. of that episode. <laughs> Wrong again, Ryan. Wrong again. And then now the audience. <laughs> no. So so we ought to establish like some sort of a voting system so that people can like weigh in yeah. and you know <laughs> one beep for Nathan, two beeps for Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and if you don't agree with either of us, then you're definitely you're right. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> One of us has to be right, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's me. So let's just move on. <laughs> so Angie, is there? I know you're saying you're iffy on even watching the show, but is there anything you think that they really need to do going into the season? Not that they really need to do. I would, there's characters that I miss that I probably would tune in if they showed up again, like Whale or Tinkerbell or. I'm kind of afraid, though. I'm afraid that they'll just screw them up again. Well, it sounds like you're wishing iZombie gets cancelled. That's true. I love iZombie, and I have been watching. (laughs) um, You know, I I would like to see them back again. Um, I just, I thought both Whale and Tinkerbell were good foils for, for existing characters, and obviously, you know, Tinkerbell being connected so closely to Hook and Regina means that it actually might be good for her to come back and interact with those characters again yeah, that's true I, I just feel disappointed we didn't get science bros with jekyll <laughs> and um dr frankenstein, and frankenstein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was teased but we only got it for a few minutes i, I really wanted to see science bro- <laughs> you know 19th century dystopian steampunk science bros you know <laughs> that would have been really awesome <laughs> actually i guess they were going more for the film yeah. version so it's more 19. 19- 30s science bros than uh the 19th century but or uh yeah 19th century but anyway uh, sorry i interrupted you was there anything else you were gonna say um no no i i feel so negative about this show right now i don't i i just uh a lot of the ideas espoused by some of the characters in this final couple episodes just really are not good for me and um 
those charmings forgot they had a baby again when the world was ending. <laughs> I just, and they'd rather look for each other than like help their poor daughter. I don't know. I just it's like they went through and tried to make me hate all the characters even more. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so at this point, I don't know that I want anybody else to come back. I'm afraid for them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a problem with Baby Neil, uh, certainly, that they've forgotten uh, about it. I mean, apparently Granny's been more of a mother to him than Snow has been, because it's always like, where is Neil? Oh, Granny has him. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Or Belle. Unless, I guess they can unless, be an off-screen bill. Unless you're in Hades, in which case Snow has to leave immediately to go, you know, take care of the baby, you know. <laughs> That <laughs> she left behind in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Granny's another one of those characters, which, I, again, they could explore more. I, I think. Well, yeah. Um, the, well, I, it seems like I would love a flashback of a young Granny who's kicking ass. Well, it seemed like as soon as Ruby left the show, that they like totally just had Granny as just like somebody who stands behind the counter. Like that's the point when Granny's character became flat. Because as long as Ruby yeah. was there, the whole werewolf thing was always an undercurrent, and there was seemed to be a lot more for Granny to do to be sort of Ruby's mentor, and you know, she was sniffing things out literally herself, you know, and like once Ruby was gone, it was like, well, we're not going to go down this werewolf route. Well, why not? You still have Granny, you know? And, you know, it's, okay, <laughs> kind of a sidetrack, but I'm just going to, an observation it made sense for Ruby to wear these outfits when she worked at Granny's because that was Ruby's style. But it seemed like once Ruby went, that became the uniform. I don't know if you've ever looked at the waitresses in the backgrounds, but it feels almost like Granny is running like a, a quasi Hooters or something like <laughs> well, that. And well, see, here's the thing. Until they decided to retcon it and say that Ruby actually physically left Storybrooke back in season two and we just didn't know it, I always thought that was supposed to be Ruby in the background. They just weren't showing. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have the actress, yeah. but they had someone standing in for Ruby so that you sort of felt... You never got a good right, look. you never got a good <laughs> yeah. look, you know. But yeah, but once they revealed that, oh no, Ruby's been gone since the actress has been gone, it's like, in hindsight, that makes it seem like, yeah, so now Granny's just like, well, I need to replace Ruby, so now all the waitresses can wear that outfit. <laughs> this is the uniform I've chosen for you. <laughs> it's like, uh, Granny? <laughs> you look like you're a medium, but you'd look great in a small, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would turn in entirely but you know <laughs> on the on the upside the girls make way more tips now you know? yeah. <laughs> maybe how's money coming in what is the economy in storybrooke like are they just trading the same money back and forth you know well i always wonder about things like that because they talk about the ta- town line and the impenetrableness of the town line whatever but somehow mail seems to be delivered even from the outside world you know people <laughs> have magazines from places outside story you know i mean you get what i'm saying like you know they, they get catalogs and stuff you know it just <laughs> seems like something doesn't make sense with that that goes back to Angie's point. I mean, who's going to go back to the Enchanted Forest when you can have Wi-Fi you know, where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still love all the 1982 callbacks in Storybrooke. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Every time there's like a blip in the curse, you know, real quick, everything gets in and out of the town. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how new money enters and, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
the, all the all the back issues of the comics, Henry orders. Oh, they've just been sitting there at the border, you know, and they fall in. The dark fairy did a new curse. Bam! It all got in real quick. You know? Must bear. <laughs> but you're right, though. Actually, somehow this must be affecting the real world because suddenly, like, the town shows up on like post routes and stuff. You know, so somehow it has to be. It has to somehow be affecting the real world, even though magic supposedly doesn't exist there unless you clap and believe in fairies. If only uh, Emma yeah. claps and believes in fairies. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, well I think we've kind of flogged season six of uh, Once Upon a Time <laughs> and off. <laughs> it was a good discussion though, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I kind of hate that you two made me defend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it overall, it was just the finale that I felt was a total disappointment. <laughs> it wasn't... <laughs> It was in keeping with the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it was in, yeah, you know, I was really disappointed with last year's finale, too, so I guess that is in keeping with the show. <laughs> but at least this one, see, last year, the problem was that the finale was completely disconnected from everything that went before it. It was like, we wrapped up our previous storyline, now there's the finale as just this sort of two-part thing at the end that's setting up the next season. This year, at least, the finale was part of the actual season, so it sort of flowed in with everything, and to me, that made it a lot better than uh, just having it as two episodes that are kind of on their own at the end, so uh, I did appreciate that. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean... Uh, I'm definitely at least going to watch, uh, you know, the beginning of next season. I see nothing but good things of what they're, you know, potentially from what they're doing. I don't see any obvious negatives. It's all the things we've been asking yeah. for. Get rid of the Termings, get rid of Emma, <laughs> concentrate on some of the other yeah. characters. Uh, hopefully they take that yeah. in the right direction. The only real loss is Belle. Yeah. Well, but they still might. I, I can't believe that they're going to have Rumple as a regular and not have Belle in at least a couple episodes. But I guess it depends on what happens. Like, is he separated from Belle? So is part of the story the search for Belle? You know. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm betting she, she left with Gideon. Yeah. And now, of course, Gideon actually be the age that they had him in in this season. <laughs> so, <laughs> many years later. So. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. Alright, so is there anything that you felt like needed to be discussed about the season of Once Upon a Time? Uh, yeah, you know, the moment you hit stop record, I'm going to think of like a dozen <laughs> things. But uh, I think we've hit hit all the high points. They did it overall on on the basis of the entire season. I would give like the, the show like a B. You know, the finale was weak, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I, they've gotten me to the point where I'm legitimately uh, curious and interested in the show. It's it's going to be uh, I, a reboot is what it needs, assuming it works. Yeah. A lot of times shows do this and they bomb, but yeah, fingers crossed. I, I'm just hoping it's not the sitcom scenario of we bring in a cute little kid once the story has played, <laughs> you know, right around. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I was thinking more like a like last season of x-files or something like that you get rid of Mulder and no one cares anymore yeah. you know well the good thing about this show is everyone's already stopped caring so they're kind of already at a low bar <laughs> <laughs> angie is there anything about this season that you felt we didn't get to that needed to be talked about um well we didn't really talk about like the blatant ripoffs of better stories in the family like terminator 2 <laughs> and the never-ending story 
and I'm sure I'm missing some. I wrote a list, but I didn't bring it. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, but just, it's one of those things where even even my my watching style broke down um, because narratively it didn't work and it just seemed like they were like, remember that cool thing we saw that once shoehorned that in? <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. This, the, what, what they did with it would have been a lot better if they had started playing with it earlier in the season rather than just throwing it in in the last two episodes of the finale. Because there's some real meat there with you know the idea of are you insane or aren't you? Or like you, you brought up the never-ending story, which is another good one. This whole idea of worlds being eaten away, you know, uh, which happens so quickly, you know, in the finale. So. Uh, that could have been like a lingering thread throughout the season where people are wondering like why can't we reach this realm or that realm or we see a refugee from a realm it's like my world is gone and it's like what what's going on you know there's all sorts of cool things that could have been done with it but it's it's like they didn't come up with it until they were see I take the opposite view of you Angie I don't think they had this written years ago I think they were just making it up as they went along (laughs) oh no I mean they had the idea that their finale was going to be full circle the to the first season mm, yeah. so you have this curse that's identical to the first curse you have this mirroring of the tlk with um with Char- the charmings and with emma and henry which works narratively if you've only thought of your first season right the problem is right. that there's other characters there now and the characters have all developed but we forgot about them for this final battle because they weren't written into the finale originally as can see now all I can think of is how awesome the opening credits would have been if Falcor had been flying. <laughs> I can see it now with that piano music that you know starts and then Falcor's flying in the background. Would have been better. Maybe Falcor is Lily's father. <laughs> Unfortunately, Falcor, I don't think is open use. I think that they have to pay a licensing fee for that one. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the one they do have uh, now that Disney owns it. They could, they could always do the labyrinth and bring in the Goblin King. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh god, well, that's that, they up. already ripped that off for this finale too, though. Just love me and worship me, and I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd mixed in that into the musical episode, they could have done something really awesome. <laughs> oh man. Well, I still want to see Agent Coulson show up on Once Upon a Time. I've been waiting for that ever since <laughs> Disney owned Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Henry's been reading comic Marvel comic books. So I don't know if that would work. Yeah, well, they're just they're just the official released stories of you know you don't know what really happened. <laughs> Stark propaganda. Stark propaganda. <laughs> Actually, that would be amazing if they showed like uh, that there are Marvel comics in uh, the MCU, <laughs> but they're like yeah, they're like the Stark Stark owns them, and you know he puts them out as you know sort of like propaganda pieces. <laughs> <laughs> or you know just just show someone in granny's reading like the daily bugle oh that'd be that great be- <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well we've gone a little long with this one here i thought oh we, we're just gonna be 90 minutes on this there isn't much to talk about <laughs> i i you can edit out a good 10 minutes thank you very much <laughs> I hope everyone at home has enjoyed our ex- our examination of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I think we've now thought about we it, it than the writers have. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, man. <laughs> if the Raiders would like to come on my show, though, you know, they're perfectly welcome. You know, we can... <laughs> We can do that. It can't be arranged. Right, it can be arranged. So, you know, I'd... If you would like any of us to write for your show, <laughs> feel free to write show. <laughs> Thus ensuring that no one will ever be on the show. All right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, breaking Bad fan fiction, it, it can happen. You know? <sighs> All right. So, uh, Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know if or where they can find you. Uh, no, <laughs> they can't find me. <laughs> Not even goodbye, though, huh? Uh, I, I still have no internet presence to speak of. <laughs> like a plot line that makes sense on the show. <laughs> yes, much like that. I, I, I can tell people I'm one of her Facebook friends, and she doesn't have an internet presence even there. So, <laughs> I might see one post, like, a month. <laughs> Kind of like that. Yeah, so she sounds about right. <laughs> so you're stuck. You're stuck in a curse. You know, that's oh. what you're saying. Yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not care about social media. <laughs> <laughs> you're still living in the MySpace. Age. <laughs> uh. <laughs> she did used to have a live journal. <laughs> I did. Did used to have a live journal? Did they shut that whole? Site no, it down? still exists. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I can find all of my angsty teenage ramblings. Excellent. <laughs> And this is why I don't have an internet presence <laughs> So just, you know, what is that live journal page? Just out of curiosity. Hey, hey, hey uh, Angie, yeah. you, you know what else still exists? I kid you not, the SMRPG can still be found. Really? Yes. At least it could as of like two years ago when I looked for it. I'm not sure whether... I, I, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway... <laughs> So, all right. So Angie has elect, elected not to say goodbye to the internet. I I, I will say goodnight, okay. um, and I will probably lurk around on Reddit and the previously TV forums and find out if the next season is worth watching. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm also not saying goodbye uh, <laughs> ever. Uh, to the internet or anyone else, uh, I'm watching you all the time, and but not in a creepy way. Well, I'm a little bit creepy, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, tiny bit creepy, you know, like twenty percent creepy tops. But um, <laughs> you can find me internet uh, at geekstranger.com, which there is new content. I know, I'm amazed. Uh, and <laughs> having seen Transformers the last night, there will be more new content. I can promise you that. You can find me from on twitter at geek stranger again it's really hard to remember and from there you can find my facebook page where uh, you can tell me that i'm right and nathan Monk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can actually uh, confirm that ryan has posted new content on his website and some of that new content is actually going to make its way onto the 42 cast page I know Ooh. it's shocking, Ooh. but <laughs> like you guys like cross promotion. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll let you know when that happens and leave it as a secret up until then. But uh, yeah, um, but uh, Angie and Ryan, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Right. And there we go. An episode of the 42 cast released on time for once. <laughs> I know that probably those of you listening don't think that's a big deal, but to me, it is a very big deal. So I'm glad that you joined us. I hope that you liked our examination of Once Upon a Time, and I definitely want to hear what you think of our show. So you can do that in a number of ways. You can visit our website at 42cast.com. 
You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can tweet to us at at 42cast. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on either Stitcher Radio or iTunes. So going forward, I am looking at getting new podcasting software. I don't know what's going on with my recorder lately, but I've noticed that there have been glitches in the recordings that you're probably picking up when you're listening, where portions of words have been cut off. So I'm going to see what I can do to get a different kind of recorder if I can't figure out why my own recorder is doing that. I'm also working on getting caught up as soon as possible hoping that uh, I can maintain a weekly schedule here now and get through the backlog and there's a lot of really fun ideas that I have planned as well as uh, some interviews that I've got lined up and feel free to uh, drop me a line and let me know if there's anyone that you'd like me to interview or any suggestions that you have for topics. And now it's time to wrap up. Join me next time when Arthur Darville will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is sharper swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.